Happy day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And we are, as promised last week, we are going to be talking about the most controversial movie <laughs> of all time. I feel like it's potentially, like, this That's does have the untrue. potential to be at least the most controversial movie of the year. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> of the decade. Yeah. And that is right. We are talking about Batman v, v? Superman, mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice. Yes. And uh, with us, we have uh, Ryan Silberstein of Cinadelphia. Say yes. hello. 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 How are you today? Happy to be here. Right Super on. happy to have you, man. Yeah. We're waiting to get you on here for a while. It's great. Yeah. I'm bat happy to be here. <laughs> Ooh. 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 <laughs> I'm going to go batshit crazy about this movie. Uh, so, yeah, we are going to, I, I don't know, do you want to dive right in? Do you want to give any precursor, any sort of uh, setup to this? Do we want to reflect on our Man of Steel episode first that led us here? Um, I think first off, we should just, each of us, get out of the way how we felt about this movie in a, in a sentence or two. Okay. All right. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll just say, overall, I liked it. Okay. Um, overall, I was a bit disappointed by it. All right. Overall, I think it's a huge mess, but also overall, I had a lot of fun with it. I uh, So now that I've had like a whole week to think about it, I feel like I've finally solidified on there are things I enjoy about this movie. I don't think I like this movie. I don't know if that makes sense. There, makes there sense. are certainly yeah, things sense. I liked about it, which is more than I can say for Man of Steel. But I ultimately think this ends up being a much worse movie than Man of Steel. Mm. Like I've sort of, I almost regret my three stars on this movie because I, I feel like it made me you realize know you can like click those up and down. Yeah, but with, I like to, time. I like to leave the original sort of like that was what I rated. Mm. You know, I'll watch it again and then and then re-rate it. I, I don't know. I like the purity of that. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. It, it has the more I think about it, the more I'm like that movie really. I did not delight me. <laughs> yeah, Man of Steel definitely feels like more of a complete vision. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like start to finish where this is like three movies just kind of Frankenstein together Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the perfect word for it (laughs) it is completely just putting a a lottery bucket and shaking up yeah Uh, and what upsets me about it is I I know I'm alone here with a lot of people (laughs) but I I adore Man of Steel that's a movie that actually moves me I I feel um, that that take of Superman really 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 works for me because I, I often reference in Kill Bill Volume 2 when Bill is describing to the bride why her living a normal life would just be silly. Mm-hmm. And he compares it to Superman hiding as Clark Kent. And his view of Superman is kind of how I always felt, where it was Superman's the guy, and Clark Kent's just the costume he puts on to hide. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that, and as such, Superman has been at an arm's length for me. Mm-hmm. In Man of Steel, Clark Kent is the guy, right. and Superman is just another part of that guy. And mm-hmm. that resonated huge with me. And so I love Man of Steel, and the thing that hurts me most about Batman versus Superman is that they just took a hard right away from that and really abandoned Superman. And like I didn't like Superman in this movie. Yeah. And it's a shame because I I, I felt the hope that his crest represented. <laughs> and it obviously no like they the filmmakers didn't at this point. It's I didn't like the take on Superman and Man of Steel, but in retrospect, seeing Batman versus Super, Batman v Superman, uh it, 
it is at least a full story, a full arc. He does have clear motivations in that movie. I might not like them, but they are clear motivations that lead him to the decisions he makes, right? Mm -hmm. And whether I like those or not, that's fine. It's at least like a well-told, complete story. In Batman versus in Batman v Superman, it feels you like you can say it the other way. It, it's fine. I know, <laughs> but I listen. I like to stick to it. I Zack Snyder's a crazy man. I want to stick to his crazy V vision. Uh, but it, every scene with Superman in this movie felt to me like they were we were dealing with a different Superman every time. Mm-hmm. He he had like wildly fluctuating motivations depending on what that scene called for so they could get to the V of the movie. And in order to get him to the spot where we as an audience, I guess, feel like he's motivated to have that V with Batman and like really, you know, duke it out with him. It feels like they had to just manipulate a series of scenes leading up to that and just manipulate them any direction. That's one thing I said in my review is that it's very ending motivated. Yeah. It uh, didn't absolutely. organically get there. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to have him fight. Right. All right, let's see how we can get there. And yeah, then yeah. it's a big mess to do that. Ooh, Ooh that's some thunder <laughs> in the background. I don't know if anyone can hear that. Some but, thunder uh, on the hills. The gods are fighting. <laughs> but, but you're totally right. The whole movie is structured more about, like, how do we get to this particular plot point yes. than, like, anything based on a character's decision. So right. I think the biggest, my biggest problem with Batman v Superman in terms of <laughs> Superman is that there's just not enough Superman. So, like, yes. the pieces that we see feel inconsistent mm-hmm. because there's nothing to thread them together. Agreed. But I think that's that's one thing where I will always go against people that say, oh, DC's copying Marvel. They're trying to get as many superheroes under under the same roof. I don't think that's a copy move of Marvel, but what I think happened is, who's the superhero that sells no matter what? Batman. Batman. Mm-hmm. You throw Batman, in, it's like putting ranch on something. Yep. I'm going to buy two. Yep. It's, it's just going to happen. Yep. And... Uh, when you have Man of Steel, a movie that's pretty divisive, you know, it's it's loved or hated. There's really not much middle ground there. You know there's going to be, like, the, the people that I've been railing against are the, I'm going to go see it just to see how bad it is. Right. Those people wouldn't go see it if not for Batman. Batman. And I mm-hmm. think that's why Batman was, was attached was people see Batman carte blanche. Like, yep. that is just yep. happening. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if I'm being honest, coming out of the movie, that ultimately is what I got out of the movie. I liked all the Batman stuff. (laughs) I was, like, very thrilled with the Batman stuff, and I really enjoyed the uh, very peculiar but interesting Batman movie that is sort of lost in the mire of the rest of this movie, Mm. you know? I'm going to throw this out there just... We're spoiling, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Let's spoil the shit out of this. Go see it before you listen, or, you know, whatever your your plan is. Yeah, that was our quick take. We didn't spoil anything so far. That was a quick take. Uh, I I think you should see this movie. I think all of us are in agreement that there's fun Mm -hmm. stuff in this movie. It is worth seeing on the big screen, uh, whether you find it problematic ultimately or not. Uh, And as long as we're doing this, before you leave us, if you're going to leave us and go see the movie and then come back for uh, the full review, come see us do the uh, 420 Celebration Movie Movie Live at uh, Philomoca on right. 420. Uh, it's going to be a good time. we got a great panel. And we're uh, once again part of the Philadelphia Film Festival, yes, which we starts are. on April 7th yes. at Philomoca. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff. So yeah. you really want to check that out. Yes. Uh, Philomoca.org. Is that right? CynadelphiaFilmFestival.com. Uh, uh, right. Yes. That'll get yeah, you everything. That's, yeah. That has the whole schedule and stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, you know, tomorrow I'm interviewing Little Sean. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Go in and do some undercover that's cops. Talk for, with him. Former movie movie guest Little Sean mm-hmm. uh, talking about the sequel to Undercover Cops, which we reviewed here. Yeah. Which uh, we're in as drug dealers. I know. I can't wait to see the scenes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> what was crazy is filming it too. Like it was. You know, Sean came up to me, and I like took the money, and then he went down to the corner to meet with Garrett. And we're like, "Thank God, there's a camera here, yeah." Because <laughs> anyone passing by, it looks like we're selling crack to a child. Yep, and that is not. I mean, and and in North Philly, so yeah. it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, cool. So I'm glad we got that out of the way, and now we're going to spoil the shit out of Batman v Superman. Um, where do you want to start with that? I want to start with this is a movie that the the pre-action to it pisses me the fuck off. What do you mean? Because it is a huge problem with the, the lens that people viewed this movie through for the two years leading up to it. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever, ever in my life... Uh, to even close to this degree seen a movie that was so ready to be hated yeah. by so yeah. much of its audience divisive before and it even came out just the the whole uh, there's this actually in a in a, a wonderful little documentary you can see called City of Gold hmm. a food critic talks about the reason why he reviews food from like little shack hole in the walls is because he hates the american idea of contempt before investigation mm-hmm. and I, I i hate that concept of contempt before investigation and i've seen it you see it being used in so many areas of life. We use it to judge people, and it always causes a problem. We use mm-hmm. it to judge situations, and it always inflames the situations. Now, this is a much less important thing than <laughs> that, but it's it's a really clear lens where you can see that inclination. People wanted to hate it, mm-hmm. and I don't think a, a movie has a chance to be even liked if you're going in going, I'm going to figure out what's wrong with this. Yeah. You know, I've seen plenty of movies with plenty of flaws, and if the flaws reach out and take me out of the movie, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But if I wouldn't have noticed them had I not been looking for them, if they don't take me out of the movie, they might be flaws, but they're not problems. Yeah. And I, I don't know how anything can stand up to any criticism when you're going in saying, you know, prove me ro- I hate it, prove me wrong. You're gonna hate it. We talk about this all the time. There's that scene in Jurassic Park where, uh, with the the T Rex. Yeah, attack. the geography doesn't. The line geography up. doesn't line right. up, right? T Rex attacks from the side of the fence, and then suddenly whatever was over there goes away and becomes a cliff. I never noticed until some dickhead that wanted to complain about the movie <laughs> pointed it out to me, mm-hmm. uh, because the movie is just working, and so a little inconsistency like that is not sticking out to me and pulling me out of the movie. Uh, and you know it. it the, the the thing that sucks about this movie is that it is kind of a messy movie, so people end up being validated in their pre-criticism. Oh, absolutely. It vindicates all of the hatred. Yep. And and see, it, it started even beforehand. The the movie was doing record pre-sales, yeah. yet there's still articles everywhere like, is, is it, it going to be, the, is it gonna be right. the flop that Warner yeah. Brothers don't want? No, it is absolutely not. Yeah. It's already not it, going to be. But that was there. Like There was something in the zeitgeist that was like, yep. we want to watch this crumble. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that the first wave of reviews were like, oh my God, it's a sin against humanity, blah, that everyone's like, see, I knew it. Yeah. And no, but nothing feels better than a good I told you so. Uh-huh. And there was a big cultural I told you so that was essentially based on nothing. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, it, uh, based on what? Marketing, maybe? At best, and even that, like the marketing wasn't terrible until we got real close to the release date. I felt like it was, it was. I was like in for it un- until we got a little bit closer when those last few trailers came out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's also kind of interesting because that's exactly how the people in the movie react to Superman because mm-hmm. there's nothing that he does to blame him for anything, right? And yet he's constantly maligned by every single character in the movie. Yeah, that was one thing that I thought was smart about this movie. Um, there's a lot of scripting issues. One of the scripting issues that I thought was smart, amidst all of the ham-fisted reaction to the reaction to Man of Steel, there was a criticism of the world that we live in. And in the movie, Superman, the question he's at least asking for the first act is, is the world too cynical for for a Superman? Mm -hmm. And I think that that purposefully was a question to be asking our world. Like, is there a version of Superman that our cynical world will accept? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I I mean, I'm sure there is somewhere, but I don't think we can pinpoint it. Yeah. I mean, when you get Superman Returns, which I also kind of liked, is not yeah. a horrible movie, but that was everyone's like, no, he's a soft teddy bear. All he does is lift things. Can he punch something? Then they give us a Superman who punches fucking everything, and everyone's <laughs> like, all he does is punch. Why can't he lift something? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, there probably is a middle ground that some filmmaker could find, but... I think that that middle ground is it's such a, a thin sliver of acceptability because we're too cynical to have the hope that that a Superman would work. Um, you know, like the 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 big blue Boy Scout doesn't work because we all go, ah, oh, what a pussy. But like the warrior Superman doesn't work because we're like, well, he's supposed to you know be talking people out of suicide and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a mm-hmm. he's a nice guy. You know what does work in a cynical world? Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, well, because there's a distinct difference, too, between Batman and Superman, right? Like, Batman is uh, not saving people from things. He's trying to prevent evil people from doing things that mm-hmm. cause people to need saving. Whereas Superman has classically been more the saving people from mm-hmm. danger. So they're sort of diametrically opposed. And on Batman's side, that is a more cynical view of the world. That there is just evil that needs to be trampled before it can get into the world. It needs to be suppressed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're right. I think that does that is a character that we are probably more, especially where we are right now in the world. Uh, there there does seem to be a cultural malaise, maybe we can call it, kind of happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see where Batman becomes sort of instantly relatable. He's the hero we want, we need, right? Well, there's um, always that human element of where it's like, oh, he's the one superhero that's not super. He's yes. just rich, you know. Yeah. But uh, that's that's what really upsets me about the way Superman went is that with Man of Steel, he was the first one that. To me, when I saw it, I was like, you know what? There's good in all of us. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we could wield it as well as as Superman could and should. Right. And that's something that that you know, like, knocked the cynicism in me dead. And but it's fucking back. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, and to go back to your guys' uh, Batman Returns episode from last week, I mean, that's Superman's the ultimate example of someone who wields ultimate power in the best way possible. And mm-hmm. you know, he's constantly even just controlling his arms to do so, not just mm-hmm. his money. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that that's a huge thing. I really admire this movie for the choice of directly um, refuting the criticism of Man of Steel by putting Bruce Wayne in the Battle of Metropolis from Man of Steel. The opening 10 minutes is the probably the best thing about this movie, I think. Mm. It, it is strong and really pulled me in. I was excited. And to tell you the truth, in, like when I rewatched Man of Steel to get ready for this movie, I was never bugged by the destruction right. of it because just the way it was framed for me was you know Superman's back against mm-hmm. the wall. But rewatching it, there was a couple points where, you know, the, the 9-11 imagery set in. And I was like, oh, this is scary stuff. Mm-hmm. And that really gelled in those opening sequences. Oh, yeah. yep. Just because Superman's at a distance. He's just a, a little man in the distance yeah. rocking yeah. through buildings. So as Bruce Wayne, you're like, what the fuck what is the this? Fuck this is, is going this is huge. On. Yeah. You know, something big's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's and to relate it to 9-11, it's the same thing that, you know, that caused a lot of uh We'll say Islamophobia mm-hmm. because you could just put you know brown guy in a in a hood up you know in the distance, yep. and then you know you get to talk to people and you realize no that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But when you see that, suddenly it becomes I got I got to fight this, yeah, and yep. that's the icon, and that's what's got to be taken down. That's yep. I've seen some criticism of this movie. The there's like a criticism that Bruce Wayne does seem almost like a almost Trump like character in this, where he is sort of he he hates aliens mm-hmm. uh, and wants to do whatever he can to stop them. Whereas I, but where does hate come from? I know that comes the, from fear. Yes, <laughs> and that and that 
so I think it's a valid comparison. It is, right. it is actually. And like I, I, I don't see that as a criticism as much as I see that as like that was a smart choice that I think they kind of mm-hmm. made. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think um, I think one side effect of that though is that it makes the whole movie feel a little cynical. Like it's almost like I remember when I was like really young and you know, kind of first learning about like Greek mythology and mm-hmm. stuff and you know, you have like these awesome stories that are purged of all of the weird shit in them mm-hmm. and then you grow up and you read them again, and you're like, That is fucked up. Yeah. Like there's so much raping. Yeah, yeah. And like, so this was kind of almost that version for these DC heroes. Of yeah. Like they're kind of pulling back in all of those like w- human elements that like make it really weird when mm-hmm. you sort of start to mash them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that's like people are just having an aversion, rea- an av- adverse reaction to it because, you know, Batman's not necessarily the hero of this movie. You know, right. we're not supposed to identify with him disliking Superman. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, we have Superman backed into a corner. So that's mm-hmm. not really like. There's only one true hero in this movie, which is Wonder Woman, yes. which is kind of awesome in and of itself, but yeah. I'm sure we'll get there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I really think that's just an interesting reaction that people are having because, mm-hmm. yeah, like Batman's not necessarily the good guy in this. No. Like, he has valid criticisms of the way that he is acting. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think both of them end up coming off not villainous necessarily, but certainly not heroic. Not heroic. Right. I don't think either of them come off heroic over well, the course of the Let's talk about Batman's motivations. One yeah. of the things that I found the most interesting thing to me in this movie happens in the first 15 seconds. And it's when we were going through Batman's origin yet again. Yep. And, yep. you know, the big question is, why Why do we have to do this again? We'll give you well, two good reasons. Here's why. I mean, first off, because you love it you know like, <laughs> i want that you know it's if kevin McAllister didn't go ah and put his hands on his cheeks yeah. it wouldn't be a home alone movie yeah you know batman needs his origin it's fun um oh it's not fun but it's <laughs> it's, it's it's done beautifully here Who are you, this zach is, snyder well but zach snyder once again uses a lot of like his watchman style imagery yeah. this is the only scene that has any speed ramping which mm-hmm. frankly i think the rest of the movie could have used i would agree uh, and agree. it works to great effect in this Oh yeah, in the sequence, it does. I think. Now this is different from every other version yes. that I've ever seen. I mean, I, there might be somewhere where Thomas Wayne always says, "Hey man, do you really want to do this? Don't do this. You're better than this." Blah blah blah. I have hope in this city, but not in this one. He holds Bruce back, his fist clenches, and he rushes the attacker and gets himself shot. Yep. And that's different. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. says to me a few things. One that. Bruce Wayne was raised in a a family that aren't necessarily violent, mm-hmm. but we always saw them as specifically nonviolent. Yeah, this was was human. There's there's his dad had a a not tendency but had the ability mm-hmm. to become violent even if just in defensive. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is that I feel like all sons generally. I mean, I could be generalizing. We wanna we wanna fix our father's failures. Mm-hmm. And when his dad said, I'm going to stand up to this crime and got himself killed, somewhere a switch went off in Bruce Wayne saying, I can do that and I can do it better mm-hmm. and I yep. can fix the problem that he was trying to fix in that instant. And that speaks volumes to the way that this Batman presumably behaved during his career. And then it informs his now post-Batman career where he is not altruistic. Right, He mm-hmm. is capable of killing mm-hmm. he is indifferent to killing mm-hmm. and i think that 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 all comes from there now is that on the page maybe not fully maybe i'm projecting but it, it's i think it's a valid thing i think enough of it is on the page actually yeah. i think batman is the only character in the movie that actually has enough on the page mm-hmm. i buy his motivations throughout the movie i don't really anybody else's but his i i think they actually did a good job 
motivating his character very clearly. And there's a lot of little lines that, like, for anybody that wants to complain, like, oh, I don't want my Batman to kill, I don't want my Batman to be this violent and this vengeful, that is fine. I understand that opinion, and I mostly share it, to be honest with you, but I'm fine with another interpretation of him, as long as you can justify that interpretation, right? As long as I buy that version of him in the context of the movie, and I do buy it in this movie. There are little things, like... uh, like Alfred says this one line really quietly. It's one of his first lines. Uh, as as Bruce is sort of uh, oh, Bruce is looking at the headlines of him branding the first criminal, and Alfred looks over his shoulder and goes, "I see the rules have changed," mm-hmm. or says, "Like I see you have new rules or something mm-hmm. like that." There are little things that they are that for anybody that wants to be like, "Oh, I don't want my Batman to kill." It's like, well, they're at least letting you know they're aware that that's your version of Batman, and they are letting you know. This is not that version. Like, they are being specific about it. You know, they're not just... This isn't Tim Burton's Batman where he does just shoot and blow things up and there's really nothing made of that. We're, we don't know what to think of that. This There's specific, clear motivation delineation for why that's happening. Yeah, I'm going to go and kind of say something kind of controversial. Ben Affleck might be my favorite Batman I actually, since Adam West. I actually kind of agree with you. I yeah. really liked him in this. And I find him extremely relatable, uh, especially compared to the most recent Batman, Christian Bale, who mm. was always this like ninja monk warrior. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, and the Bruce Wayne thing was like he was putting on airs as being this playboy and he mm-hmm. wasn't really into it. Where it's like, you know, this Ben Affleck's Batman. Sort of the, like the Clark Kent costume. Yes, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And with... With this, Affleck, like, he notices a pretty girl across the room. His eyes immediately deviate to that. Like, it's yep. all part of him. And mm-hmm. I find that just very human in a way that, like, you don't always see from Batman. Yeah, he's passionate. Well, he's, he's like a man of distinction, but he's he's definitely a man of obsession. Yeah. Because yes. when he first sees Diana Prince, I don't think there's anything deeper than, I can hit that, and I'm going to go for it. <laughs> you know, and... and <laughs> You know, that that is part of it. But yeah. even uh, to sort of jump ahead, when he tells Alfred why he wants to take down Superman, yeah. the word he uses, he says, this is my legacy. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that reeks of someone who has had a career fighting small crime, has been successful, at least on that level, but hasn't really left an imprint mm-hmm. in terms of... of you know, did he make the world a better place? Probably not. Yeah, right. When the yep. Batman is gone, what you is know, Gotham left? Meanwhile, with? there's this guy that he sees as that he thinks is so potentially a villain, but he's also got a monument to him. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and he says, if I bring him down, if I can show that, you know, show his ability for error as well as take him down, that's my legacy. Mm-hmm. And that once again goes right back to the dad. What's his legacy? Dead in a pool of blood yep. from failing to take down an attacker. Yeah. Yeah. And what's Batman's legacy so far? A Joker costume and presumably a or a Riddler or a Robin costume. Yep. <laughs> and presumably a dead Robin, a burned out Wayne Manor and yep. a bunch of weeds. Yep. So which he says like criminals are like weeds, they just keep coming back. And mm-hmm. you know, Gotham looks terrible compared to Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Like it looks dark and dank and tr- like it just has a lot of garbage in it and mm-hmm. you know metropolis even being rebuilt in 18 months looks amazing like mm-hmm. it looks like the future gotham still got large areas that are completely uninhabited within you can do battle without hurting a single <laughs> yeah. innocent person so no one at home has to worry they even designed it to look like your favorite mortal combat level <laughs> yeah, yeah it did kind of look more <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I, I felt like Batman was was the best part of this movie for me. He he was clearly motivated. I knew what his story was. I knew why he was fighting Superman. I I, I everything and actually the opening. The other thing that, that opening gives you is they say the name Martha out loud. Which whatever you want to think about that moment when it comes, we'll get to that later. 
you need to you need to know that that is a mm-hmm. specific piece of information that needs to be laid out to you. Yep. And so I like that if we're gonna retell the origin, let's at least lay something into it that is an important piece of the framework for the rest of this movie, yep. mm-hmm. not just framework that you already fucking know because you've seen that a hundred times. Yeah, and I also really like that this Batman is a detective in a way that we haven't yes. really seen since Batman Returns. I talk about this all the time. Yeah. We hardly ever see Detective Batman on screen. And this was so great to get him yeah. and Alfred and just their back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's the uh, that to me is is what. I'm most excited about about a solo Batman movie. Me too. Movie. Yeah. Because my favorite character, hands down, was Alfred. Oh, Alfred Pennyworth, baby. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, uh, I, I Irons is say, great. Alfred is a character that that gets gets changed just as much as Batman and Superman. And we don't no shit. complaints. No. And but he's still always the best. Like when we were watching Batman Returns, he's just the old man that's like, "Are you sure you don't want to take a wife?" Master yeah, yeah. Wayne. Which they kind of brought back do you in this well movie. To, yeah. to get laid. Yeah. And uh, they kind of brought know, that back in this movie. Irons has sort of I w- the same. I will not barely yeah. enough a Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to pose a question. Then, on top of being a detective, is this Batman also psychic? Because of all of these dream sequences in which he's apparently seeing some sort of future. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't understand why all those dream sequences are there. Ooh, I, I don't I, really. I have we, maybe a little were insider. Were by yeah. Darkseid? Yeah, I have <laughs> right. a little insider info on that. That Supposedly, there was a version of this where the, uh, I don't even know that Luther was in it. It was all uh, built. It was all about Batman and Superman. There was not necessarily an antagonist outside of the two of them. Uh, and the idea was that Darkseid would be would be the villain in Justice League Two that you would find out is sort of manipulating this whole big game where he manipulate he puts these memories and dreams in Bruce's head, and so Bruce is seeing these things that Darkseid forces him to see to manipulate him into fighting Superman. Eventually, they bring in Luther to it and sort of change all of the machinations to not be Darkseid's machinations. They become Luther's machinations, yet they leave in the visions, so those become much less clear like what those are or what their purpose is. And supposedly, Brainiac was going to be the villain in Justice League 1. There was going to be this fake-out of, like, Brainiac comes and they think he's the master plan, you know, the mastermind, and right. then Darkseid is the ultimate mastermind. Supposedly, that's all been abandoned. I don't, I don't know exactly what's happening. I have dreams about work all the time, especially <laughs> when I'm stressed and they're fucked up. They might have wing de- demons in them. I, d- I don't know. I actually completely agree with this. Oh. I don't understand the criticism of the dream sequences because for me... They were actually much more thematically put together than it. I had a dream the other night that I was talking too much at work, so they moved my desk to the bathroom and I had to use a urinal <laughs> and my boss was Frank Reynolds. And I, and I fought him because I vomited on my desk and so I hunted him down and fought him. I woke up in a cold sweat, terrified. <laughs> it sounds silly now, but you know, I was having a very rough week at yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's you know. what I think is great about those dream sequences, that regardless of what their purpose is for the and larger... I push paper. I don't fight bad guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless of what their purpose is for the larger fabric of, of this story that's eventually being told, which we can talk about that. I'm sort of annoyed at this point at the idea that no movie has to be its own movie. It can all just be a precursor to the next movie. When are you eventually going to make the fucking movie? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, how many of those do we get in a row before you make the fucking movie you're trying to make anyway uh it it in the context of this movie those dreams do serve to motivate the violence of batman those those are you could just call those stress dreams as dan was saying like those literally like that is him imagining the worst case scenario with an alien coming into this world he's imagining a world where suddenly he completely becomes this like king god of the world and has a military of his own and there's no one left to protect anybody I like that. I to me that helps me with the very violent Batman that we see at the end of the movie. I don't know that I buy him as much without him having nightmares that are act, that are like terrifying him so much and they're actually driving him to like 
rage madness. You know what I mean? I, I like that. That works for me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was to me the sequences themselves just didn't feel like they were positioned right in the movie. And I guess I'm just thinking more of too like the whole the whole film being so messy and yeah. lacking so many other pieces that I'm like much agreed. It was more about like hey, structurally, you probably, structurally, yeah. you could pull these out, put 100%. it in things that actually like have more to to do with the stuff going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe have more to say, but I can also understand wanting to throw in like another cool looking action oh, sequence. Yeah. The, oh, I mean, the trench coat is awesome. I will say. Oh, oh that yeah. whole sequence. <laughs> that's I think where it went full IMAX yeah. for a couple yeah. seconds. So like you know, they were like, we spent some money. It's yeah. got to be in there. But that's a big. That was one of the main problems I had with the movie is that from scene to scene, there's very little connective mm-hmm. tissue. And I feel like with a little more care, they could have established. You know, the dreams could have thematically flowed. Yeah. You know, they yep. to me they make sense thematically, but they don't they don't flow like no. You know, like usually there's a there's a toss from one scene to another so that mm-hmm. you know right but really it just felt like you know someone with a clipboard was like all right have we checked in with superman all right we checked in so we'll jump to a batman um lois have we seen lois in a while? all right let's do some Lo- you know and it felt like they just kind of uh let's throw a dream in there so we don't have two lois scenes back to back yep you know, and it just devin Ferracci brought up a great point in his review where he was like there's that moment where uh, uh perry yeah. comes to superman's empty desk and he's like where is Clark? Where is he always disappearing to? Now, what we all know about movies, we would assume the next cut would be to where Clark is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Why else would you set it up that way? That's not what happens. It just cuts like a Batman scene or something. Mm-hmm. And then it, like three scenes later, we get to where Clark is. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense from a editing standpoint. You yeah, know? and that's like, I think that's my biggest problem with the dream sequences is that they pulled me out of this movie and yeah. into just a different mind space yeah. mm-hmm. and then threw me back in without really any sort of thematic, like true connecting tissue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and like being a lifelong comic book reader, it does feel like one of those like story arcs where there's like four different writers. Yes. And so like if you read the issues all in a row, you're getting the complete story, but they don't quite line up exactly the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. It felt to me, the whole movie felt like a big like, 10 to 15 issue trade paperback you could probably chop it up in 20 minute segments and be like that's an issue that's it yeah and so it, it you know that works in terms of being a comic book but yeah. this is a movie right yep. so there has to be some sort of assembly to it now of course when there's a half hour of footage on the floor you wonder if that's saw i can't imagine that that fixes all of it but right right I, i'd be curious to see if maybe that dulls the the sharp edge of the cuts well like they bit. immediately released that one deleted scene like the day after the movie came out where essentially i mean they don't explain this enough it's not actually that helpful of connective <laughs> tissue right. uh but it is essentially uh um jesse eisenberg lex luther uh it, the scene is literally called communion he's communing with dark side uh or or like a harbinger of dark side i forget what the character is called but so it's like there are these scenes that could have been in the movie that would have maybe helped us with these dream sequences to be like oh okay now i see the connective tissue right but then even that scene is like they never say the name dark side they never you don't really know what luther is doing you're just mm. seeing him do a thing it's not clear that it's connected to the rest of those pieces yeah so it's just this these weird choices where it's like you're saying it's like okay so you did have some connective tissue not that it was great but you did have some and you cut that out but then you left the dream it's like weird it's like are we dropping all of it let's drop all of it or none of it like why are we half and having it i think you're probably right dan it's like we spent a ton of money on that sequence we can't lose it it looks great yeah oh it's one of my favorite sequences in the movie the dream sequence is probably my favorite scene in the movie. that Mm -hmm. looked awesome incredible the the, the fight sequence in that was yeah. like, it, it actually, to compare it to Adam West, it wasn't like the stylized fighting that we get later. It was big, broad, bam. He's a brawl. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it had that like pro wrestling feel oh, to yeah. it, which 
you know, it takes a different tone than the whole movie, and sure, it's a dream, but yeah. man, that would have been cool to, to stick with that. Tone. I like Brawler Batman. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I kind of like Brawler Batman better than Ninja Batman. There are things I like intellectually about Ninja Batman, you know, but. Before we lose it, I'm going to say this. I think I may have said this in last week's episode, but I want to say it again because it's a huge point for me. Yeah. Batman killing people is so much better than <laughs> Batman putting people into deadly, inescapable situations and then refusing to save them. Yeah. That's killing someone. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to have a golden rule, stick to it or don't. Yeah. That's a fucking cop-out, and I hate it. Yes. And, and the best um, the best way that cop-out is brought up is in Batman Begins, which I do love, but the I don't have to save you, mm-hmm. but I, like, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you either, is, like, that is his cop-out. Yeah, you, yeah. you blew up the train. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You killed I mean, him. Right. It's like you might as well just slit his throat right there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't really have an intrinsic problem with a cinematic Batman killing people because again, coming from the comic page, it kinda works where he's just tying people to light yes. poles all the time. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right, especially the way that they have to use Batman in an action scene. Mm-hmm. He's not Spider Man where he, oh yeah, he'll just web the guy. Like that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like he has to take him down. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be like a very physical face to face confrontation in order for Batman to just dis- dispose of somebody and Mm -hmm. this leads into a missed opportunity with superman yeah if superman was like you kill people Mm -hmm. i can't allow that Mm -hmm. that makes much more sense than him having like he had a weird like social cause where it was like oh he's in the poor neighborhoods and all that which wasn't invalid right but it was also i I don't know that it bugged me when superman threatened him yeah that really hurt my feelings yeah (laughs) me too (laughs) he was like when you fire up that you know next time that signal comes up you better not be there because i will i would much rather it, to me, doesn't uh, he say something at some point? Like, if I wanted to kill you, I could have already. See, I yeah. liked that line out of context. Yeah, because I, I love the idea of him saying it to say, "Listen, I'm good. I don't want to kill right. you." Yeah, and and you you have to believe me. Yeah, I can, and I refuse to. Right, stay down. Right, you know? yeah. but in this, it was just it. It was it comes just, off as a threat. Yeah, it was it was like yeah. a dick waving contest. Yeah, just you know, I got laser eyes. You really want to test me, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Come at me back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I, when I was talking to, to one of my buddies about it last night, the thing that, that he said that we thought would fix this whole movie, imagine if, you know, in an alternate universe, this became more of a Man of Steel 2, and it's all about Superman trying to repair his image. Mm-hmm. And he's just doing as good as he can to be good, but always at his heels as Batman, keeping an eye on him. Yeah. And then a situation arises that he has to team up with Batman, and it's a fucking disaster. Mm. And they create a bigger problem than they ever could have solved. Mm. And now they're pissed at each other. Now when they fight, we don't need something as cheap as, we kidnapped your mom in a way that you could totally save her yes. in two seconds. Yes. <laughs> unless you kill Batman. I never believed that for a second. No. But if it was one of those where it was like, I need to stop that guy because he caused me to kill. Well, I need to stop that guy because he caused me to kill. And then they realize, you know, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. That, to me, is interesting. A Superman refusing to fight mm-hmm. is, would be so much better than a Superman hap- half-assedly being forced to. Well, e- even to that point, I mean, the, they set up Batman v. Superman as the concept like 16 times over in this movie. It actually doesn't need Lex Luthor to kidnap Clark's mm-hmm. mom to Not have them actually fight because they've already done all the groundwork. They've already put them in, at odds. And this is just like the you know that no-win situation where Superman has to be there. But... You know, I feel like that's a that's a poor writing choice rather than like something that makes sense in the movie. You know, it's Absolutely. a real poor writing choice is because the reason Batman is fighting Superman is because of Batman's own internal conflict that is occurring throughout the whole movie. It's what drives his entire story through the movie. Sup- Superman's drive throughout the movie is messy to begin with, mm-hmm. but even at messy, 
you should. That is still what should drive him to fight Batman. It should be that is yeah, good Turtle. storytelling. Absolutely. If that's and what, there, and that's the what pieces were there. Yes. They were yep. all on the plate, but yep. we knocked them off. Yeah, yep. and uh. it's to have it be an outside thing about his mom being kidnapped. That has nothing to do with his internal conflict in the movie. Exactly. I will but, say it was almost worth it for me though. I loved the line when Batman's rescuing her, and he's oh, like, too. "I'm friends with your son." And she's <laughs> yeah. like, ah, "I could have guessed, you know, yeah. this is crazy, Batman." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anywho, get me out of here. Yeah. So, so coming to Martha, I have to say, <laughs> I love it because <laughs> <laughs> because it is so silly and so ridiculous, and yet, and yet, as a you know, reading comic books for at least 25 years, I never once connected that their mom had the either. same name. Yeah. yeah. And crazy. I was like, I had that little moment of like, my mind was blown and like, you know, Affleck's Batman is pacing back and forth. Like he's trying to process it. And I was like, I'm with you, bro. I'm <laughs> totally like, my mind is blown right now. And I was, it was, it's just, it's so silly. And yeah. yet I, I just love it. I it's, think it's a little more in the execution that it comes off silly. Thematically it works though, because in that moment, I truly believed that Batman went, shit, this guy has earth parents. Shit. He's, he is like me. Mm-hmm. He is capable of this love that I've forgotten how mm-hmm. to have, mm-hmm. and for you know, and it caused him to want to team up. And that I believed, but when for him to just be like, "Bro, Martha," it was <laughs> yeah. like, "Wait a minute!" That, it's so funny because <laughs> at that moment I was having the same like, right. "Oh, Mar- oh, fucking yeah, okay." When you explain <laughs> okay. it that way, Dan, I'm so on board with it. Yeah. That's yeah. not what it illustrates no, no, to me no. in the movie. You know what I mean? They, there's something about the ex- it's. And I'll tell you what it is. I, mean, I feel like I was doing the thematic legwork for it, it internally yes, when they really absolutely. could have laid it out. You know? it, yeah. They could have. And and it that is one scene where maybe I could complain about both of their performances, where otherwise I, I probably wouldn't for the most part. I think it has a little bit to do with just the way they almost, this is going to sound terrible, but the way that they become so non-superheroes for, for six seconds. That sounds terrible. I should want to be able to see them be more human like that. But the way they both literally turn into little boys and start shouting their mother's names at each other mm. is strange. It's very strange. And it doesn't illustrate to me this idea that like, oh, you're just as human as I am. It illustrates to me like we're both fucking so broken. It's driven us to be this crazy that we're fighting, which is like not the best reason to break up that fight to me. That doesn't feel like it earns them anything as characters or mm. comes to any fulfillment of their storylines in that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. And it's hilarious just the way that it's executed. It's like very funny. <laughs> uh, I, I can't take credit for this, but uh, I was uh, reading an article maybe on Slash Film or, or Birth Movies Death uh, about Batman v Superman. And then below it in the comments, people were commenting, you know, like alternate titles for this movie because it's like such a Zack Snyder movie. And one of them was Batman v Superman. This is Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and in the execution, just the fact that Lois is there and has to say, yeah, yeah, he's talking about his mom. Oh, God, (laughs) that uh, that blew my mind when Lois walks up and grabs a huge man in a super powered suit by the shoulder and says, hey, that's his mom's name. I was like. You just watched the two of them almost kill the shit out of each other, and you are the most human person here. Yeah. I, I, I feel sense. like when she's like, Perry, get me a helicopter. And he's like, no. And she's like, it's personal. I got to go fucking do this thing. And he's like, he should have been like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. And if I saw it, I'd have been like, listen, uh, there's nothing I can do in this situation that two superpowered men can't right. handle. Like, there's nothing I can do but die hard. And I'm definitely not going to stand, I'm, I'm not going to stand so close to them I can touch them. Mm-hmm. Right. Why would I do that? They're clearly both in a rage right and now. She was essentially functionless yeah. in that yep. scene because she was like, functionless you could say that her movie. function was to throw the thing into yep. the water, but right. then they immediately retrieve it within a minute. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and like I said about Man of Steel, 
I loved that take on Lois that she was canny and able. Mm-hmm. You know, was that was two steps ahead of Superman. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite buy their chemistry, but for the jail cell scene, they sure. really had, they they compared to the chemistry between Feora and Christopher Maloney, <laughs> which was like that. I mean, honestly, that was some great chemistry uh-huh. there. Yeah. It didn't work, but I I found it. I, I thought they could explore it more mm. and. Lois Lane was dead in the water from so, from the outset. Totally, was, yeah. I mean, she was alive in the water when we first saw her. Yeah, but then yeah. Uh, the performance was yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not even her performance. She's very good. I like Amy yeah, Adams yeah. a lot. Uh, they gave her nothing to do. Yeah, in movie, fact, they struggled to give her a ton to do, and none of it makes any sense. It, it has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lois Lane is a disaster in this movie. There's yeah. nothing. They could not figure out how, where she fits in nope. the story. I mean, you know, there's so many little moments with her that I like, like mm-hmm. at the beginning when Superman shows up uh, against the uh, terrorists, and they have that moment of like. Like, she's like, oh, I'm gonna let go of this guy, and yeah. he's gonna push yeah. him. Like we've done this a hundred times before. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I love that stuff. Me too. But thematically and story wise, there's no lowest story. It's just of her being like, I'm a woman journalist. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Well, know? and they like, literally they invent all of this plot line that occurs throughout the movie so that she has things to do and be involved with throughout that are utterly meaningless to the actual story of the movie. They have very little to do with the plot of the movie we're watching. Can you imagine that alternate Man of Steel 2 where he is trying to repair his image while there are government, you know, uh, what are they, what do they, what do they call it? Like a hearing on him? Yeah, yes, yes. Imagine Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who's been saved by Superman goes to testify on his behalf but cannot betray his secret identity. Yeah. That is so good. Yep, yep. And you could use, and, and Amy Adams' talents would be used Brilliantly, so great, yeah. Oh, God, Especially I, uh, opposite this is, Holly this Hunter. Is your Think about that. This too. is all your assholes who hated Man of yeah, Steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. took this shit away from me. That's yeah. where we were going. Yeah, you fucking assholes. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I I read this uh, this great article today that had a quote from David S. Goyer who wrote this movie, uh, and it was a quote from about a decade ago uh, where he was tasked with writing Superman versus Batman, which was a movie that was going to be made about a decade ago, uh, probably even longer than that. Now, the uh, what had happened was uh, with Batman and Robin being such a sort of critical failure and not quite making it at the box office and stuff, they thought Batman was dead in the water as a property, and the only way to save it was to bring Superman into it. And so they hired Goyer to write a Superman vs. Batman movie. And there was a quote today. Uh, hold on, I'm going to read it. Now, this is from 10 years ago. It's I, I don't want to like criticize a guy for what he said 10 years ago or anything, but it's fascinating that the guy that wrote this movie 10 years ago said, Batman vs. Superman is where you go when you admit to yourself that you've exhausted all possibilities. It's like Frankenstein meets Wolfman or Freddy versus Jason. It's somewhat of an admission that this franchise is on its last gasp. Fascinating that there was once a for like like you're saying it does feel like the reason this is a Batman v Superman movie is to sort of rescue this Superman franchise they started. It's fascinating that the last time the Batman franchise collapsed, they almost brought in Superman to do the oh, same yeah. thing. That that's how diametrically opposed these characters are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they feel like they can sort of use them to rescue one another out of these things and. They didn't make that other one, and this one got made, and it does feel like a problem that it's trying to be both a Batman and a Superman movie. Mm. That feels like a problem in this movie. Yeah, especially because it's such a much a much better Batman movie than it is a Superman Agreed. movie. Oh, yeah. Agreed. It's, it's barely a Superman yeah, yeah. sequel. Exactly. It's barely <laughs> a Superman sequel. Yeah. I have to say, oh, when the, uh, the kryptonite spear was in the water, I was like, oh shit, are they going to bring in Aquaman? Because I was I, like, I why else too. would you throw it in the water? I thought that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think and that. And then I was just pissed off that I didn't get more Aquaman. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that, actually, because they also, you find the kryptonite in the ocean in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I yeah. thought that that was set up for Aquaman, mm-hmm. and then when the spear went into the water, I was like, oh shit, that's what they're going to do. He's going to come up from the water 
water with the spear. Yep. How awesome would right? that be? Fuck, right? man. And, and to be honest <laughs> with you. about that. It's a, it's a water spear. Yeah. Of right. Course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and like, I'm bitch. so happy we got Wonder Woman. Yes. But if you think about that, the idea that the spear goes into the water and it could have been Aquaman, that motivates, uh, not motivates, but I at least buy like why Aquaman shows up with the spear to come into the fight. Right. I'm not convinced when Wonder Woman shows up like, What's happening? How and why yeah, is she yeah. here? What is her involvement? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, Superman it, could have been flying with the spear or Aquaman with the spear, <laughs> and then the Flash is just like, too slow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Instead, Done we so. get the post credit sequence in the middle of the movie uh, yeah, with yeah. Wonder Woman reading her email. <laughs> it yeah. is, it, it, that's totally what it is. Well, it, it's fucking great. <laughs> it is ridiculous. That scene is absurd. It, it's actually not absurd. It's just absurd where it occurs. Because I'm not kidding. This is my memory of it. It's like we are seconds away from Batman and Superman yeah. finally meeting fist to fist. It's like I, I feel like I was watching them approach each other. They were like they were like seeing each other. It was like that beginning of Meet Joe Black. They were like seeing each other on opposite sides of the street, moving towards each other. And as they were about to meet. It just cuts away to Wonder Woman fucking reading her email and mm. opening videos up. It was right in the middle of the that build up to the climax. That was such a weird tacked on way to show yeah. all of the, to just show yeah. all. Yeah. Although I got to say the, the thing that got me like, I was like, oh, neat, you know, Flash, oh, neat, all this yeah. stuff, yeah. Cyborg, cool, cool, cool. They could have done that. That should have been definitely a post credit sequence. 100%. But uh, I was uh, I was much more just like, oh, fuck, is that Chris Pine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was much more of a, of a fanboy yes moment for me. It was like, oh, I love Chris Pine. What do you guys think about the implication that Lex Luthor named all of those heroes and designed their logos? I think that's cool. Yeah. You do? Um, because yeah. the way his character is played, Ooh. I think he's weak on the motivation that. front. Yeah. Um, but his character fixes that for me because to him, it's he has that line where he says... You know, uh, you know, the myth is that power can be innocent. And he's not saying that the way Batman would fear Superman's power. He's saying it because he has power. Yeah. And he knows that it has made him gleefully evil. Yeah. And he loves it, loves it, loves it. And there are these two guys that are these awesome toys that he can't wait to see them fight each other. So if he sees these superpowered beings, he's like, oh, I'm going to make a folder on him and I'm going to find him. Yeah. And then I'm going like to wield actually. his power and I'm going to yeah. do this. Because his motivation is pretty much just... I, I I have all this power, so why not get more? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to take a huge, huge stretch here and yeah. say I love it because Batman brands people because it marks them for death, and Lex Luthor does the same thing. Oh, fascinating. Mm. So he's the only one that really understands branding. Like, yeah. Superman just happens to be wearing his pajamas from when he was a baby. <laughs> right. Like, you know, Batman gets this bat idea, and then Lex Luthor is like, oh, yeah, my dad's name is on the building, so I'm going to, like, spend all this time coming up with really cool graphics for these other people out yeah, there. Yeah, I like that. That's interesting. And they also really did play up the idea that this is a millennial version of Luther to mm -hmm. down to like making sure they well, named him Luther Jr. You yeah, know what even I mean? his in his yeah that was that was actually really I like that he inherited yeah, it, but yeah. even his like study he's very big on the big demon oh, yeah. imagery yep. and all that stuff because he's he's a logo man he's, he's yeah he's, and, yep. and a psychopath yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked Eisenberg in it awesome. yeah me too because yeah. I, 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 I agree with you that's been mixed but the, I like that he was just crazy I agree with you even when he gives the speech at the party he's kind of nervous and doesn't yeah, know what yeah, to do like but yeah. his whole mentality is just like I can say whatever I want because fuck I, yeah. I own this because <laughs> the script is doing him no favors no, you know what I mean right. and so I actually liked his performance because I really did feel like he was doing everything he could to give something to that character that came across as motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it sometimes does feel inconsistent. I did read a thing where Zack Snyder was just telling Jesse Eisenberg to do different things every take, and then so when you edit it all together and you take the best takes, it feels inconsistent. But it doesn't really bother me again because, you know, it just feels like the 
you know, they're playing to the iconography mm-hmm. and the iconography of Lex Luthor since he's been like an evil scientist, an evil businessman, an evil dude in a power suit. Like his main thing is he hates Superman. Yeah. So like once you try to figure out how to build that into the themes of this movie, you know, where you have a bunch of or- orphans who hate each other, mm-hmm. like it all does start to make sense. And I really, I, I really liked uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I, I like orphans <sighs> who hate each other. That's interesting. It is interesting. That's, I just, uh, I fucking yeah. wish the movie was giving me any of that. It's mm-hmm. I, I, I keep reading these great pieces about like more interesting things you could sort of like think about this movie like ways Mm -hmm. you could pull it apart a little more which I'd fucking love to do that's what this whole podcast is about I feel like the movie isn't giving me enough to do that for me it was and I think that's definitely a victim of the fact that you know, there was, there was five different scripts being mashed yep. together. There was a reaction to the first movie yep. mm-hmm. that absolutely needed to be addressed, at least in their minds. And Service it, needs to be paid to the Justice League movie coming. I'd be coming. willing yep. to bet that that movie was like one of those where it's like, we got to start produ- production this day. Oh, yeah. So whatever script we have at that point, we're going to start shooting. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just, we'll, we'll fix it in post. Figure you it know, out. Like that's... And that happens more often than not, but oh, yeah. you know, you get to the point where you have a sequence like the dream sequence where yep. it's like we built it, we bought it, it's in. It's in. Yep. And then it's like, do we write around it? Do we not worry about it? Oh shit, it's tomorrow already? Okay, keep shooting, keep shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And one of the things I like about this movie is the fact that there's so much to say about it. Like Dan, you were talking earlier about how, you know, Clark talks about how Batman beats up poor people. And like that's a really an idea I've seen a lot on the internet in the last like five years. Mm-hmm. And like the movie does nothing else to address it, but at mm-hmm. least acknowledges that it exists. Mm-hmm. And there's a much better movie that turns that into some kind of theme or ties it into right. the other themes. But I at least like this that the movie is willing to go there and bring those criticisms up and like kind of try to address them a little bit, even though it fails completely. I'll take a I'll I'll take a noble failure over a, a half, you know, a half measure any day. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I said this on our way in here, you know, Zack Snyder, he shoots for the stars and then collides with the sun. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's pretty to look at. And, but you know, though that that to me is something that you don't really see that often. Mm. There are very few filmmakers that that are. Like this, I would say there was probably a lot of hands-on in terms of the producer element. Sure. Yep. Um, you know, you get a Tarantino, no one's going to touch it. It's his mm-hmm. movie, and if you don't like it, well, then you're fired. And uh, with Zack Snyder, he is a mainstream director that has done movies that were, you know, not almost completely him, but more so him mm-hmm. than this one. Um, people forget that Sucker Punch was a musical. Yeah, and, and that uh, movie that was him. And it that, well, yeah. and it was hacked to pieces though right. by the producers. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it, what you're saying. Yeah, it was all him, and then mm-hmm. it was you know. So we haven't seen him off the rails yet, but I love the fact that he is. You you know like where the, where the nuance isn't the gung ho is there, and sometimes that is more valuable to me. Um, for you rarely see people go this bold mm-hmm. with this much yep. money. You I know what I'm saying? Like made by filmmakers who didn't care. Right. Right. If anything, they cared too much, mm-hmm. and it became it became a crutch or I, sorry, a, a hindrance. Yeah, I, I think there might be a bit of a fundamental misunderstanding of the iconography of these characters. It seems like that's really what he wanted to play with was specifically the iconography, and I feel is like the, is it a misunderstanding or is it him just trying to do something new? And what he was trying is just not what is well accepted. Yeah, I, 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 I want to, I, I almost want to agree with that, except that we did have the Burton Batman movies where Batman kills. It's like we, it's not like these are the first interpretations of say, them in these ways. We, d- we also didn't have a culture that was informed as to the rules of Batman. Right, right. which you makes know? it, 
if you think about it, though, that makes it even harder and weirder to do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because now you do have a culture that is sort of, it, it's ingrained in them what these heroes are and mean and how they operate. And it's okay so, to alter that. I am curious. You know, I, yeah. like I said before, like, if you're going to justify it for me within the movie, to- I, I, can to- I actually kind of got on board with the violent Batman in this mm-hmm. movie. But I do think that, like, you know, uh, so like you were saying before, like, um, like, oh, is, is this world too cynical for for an actual Superman? Uh, I actually think that what is interesting to me is if we want to call it a misunderstanding of Superman, I feel like the world right now probably might actually be ready for the big blue Boy Scout Superman. I almost feel like the reaction to Man of Steel was the result of, oh, no, we finally fucking wanted what you tried to give us just five years ago mm-hmm. and didn't work for us. Like, we actually really need that representation of what you can do if you are, like, what you are, if you are capable, what to do with those capabilities, mm-hmm. how to wield them best. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a misunderstanding of a character, but it may be a misunderstanding of the reaction to it. Right. Because to me, Man of Steel was headed that way. Yeah. It wasn't there. It was headed that way, and we were right. going to get it. Building towards and then it. the reaction right. was, we hate the Superman, so instead of saying, instead of plowing through and going, we're going to get there, mm-hmm. it was, all right, let's just, let's just do something else. Yeah, yeah. And it, there I would say, I would call it a misunderstanding. Yeah. Not necessarily of Superman's character, but of of what people want out of it. Mm-hmm. You know? And honestly, I think people are only calling it a misunderstanding because they didn't like the movie. That if, yeah, if yeah. people thought the movie was good, they wouldn't care as much. I, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Batman in the movie. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, I like the movie. I like what the movie does with him. So I'm actually okay with this right. sort of not what I, not my Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Not my Batman, but I kind of, I'm on board with it, you know? Yep. Uh, because the movie just does it in a way that works for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't explain it better than that. So I think you're right. You know, it's not like I have some grand way to explain why that's okay. I don't. It just does work. It works. You yeah. know? Well, it's like we said before, if there's a flaw in a movie that takes you out, yep. it's a flaw. Yep. It's a problem. It's a problem. But if there's at a least. flaw in a movie that doesn't take you out of it, it's probably not a problem. It's just an error. Yeah. You know? Or it's just something or- that wasn't. That shouldn't have weight put on it. Or something that could be a charm, right? Like the yeah. thing that I've really been thinking about with this in retrospect is what is this going to look like 20 years from now? Oh, be- when you can catch this in 40-minute bursts yeah. on HBO, it's going to get a little bit more love. Because I, because yeah. rewatching Burton's Batman movies, they are way weirder than I remember. They're mm-hmm. kind of, they are actually very messy. They're not like, that well-told stories. Oh, I would say Batman Returns is. I know I'd you really like it. Tight. Actually, I, I know you really like that. I that to me was even messier than Batman, and I think Batman is really messy. But I like, I do like those movies. I don't dislike those movies at all. I think they're very charming and interesting and fun. I think there's a world where 20 years from now we look back on this and go, "What a bold, big, crazy take!" It doesn't work, but it is fascinating and interesting and entertaining, and you know what I mean. I think that is that's a that possible to me is the biggest value to this movie. Yeah, like I said before, this is this was. This wasn't phoned in. Right. There right. was there was no ounce of it that was just like, ah, it'll do. Yeah. It's yep. just what they went for wasn't to everyone's taste. And, right. And, you know, with a little more TLC, it could have, uh, as well as the music of TLC, it really could have <laughs> shaped into uh, into something, you know, just a, less messy. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. That That's ultimately the big problem with it, I think, is that it's just messy from a storytelling point of view. People are not motivated well. Uh, the connective tissue is not that, like... The opening of the movie, you go from scene to scene to scene to scene. I ended up counting. I think we ended up six scenes deep before we even returned to a character. You know what it kind of reminds Which me of? Which is crazy. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, a movie yeah. that people generally <laughs> Has a really pretty high liked. Rotten Tomatoes rating. I mean, it's 
widely considered the least of the yes. three, but I'm pretty sure it's in the 80s on Rotten oh, yeah. Tomatoes. Yep. I'm pretty People sure. still I, like it. I think it's a good movie, but it didn't have that pre-hatred. Nope. It had right. two movies that were loved. I Probably mean, had, had too much pre-love. Right. Uh, yeah, and so, so it coasted on that. I would say that that movie is just as messy and probably is on a pretty much same level quality-wise, in my opinion, as Batman versus Superman, but... I think Rises has uh, a like a direct plot line I could probably explain to you where I, I don't actually know that I could fully do that with BVS. Mm. You know what I mean? I could probably do broad strokes, but it, right. once you get into like the hearings and stuff and what their purpose are and the, the bullets that she's... Re- I don't quite... I don't know how to explain that to you in a way that actually like mm. makes any sense with the rest of the story. Uh, and I do feel like Rises has like thematic things going on that are, are um, uh, stable. Like it, it has clear thematics, I think, that it is... It, the way that that movie starts and the way that that movie ends, there's a clear theme that's being traversed that actually has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm. I don't feel that with this movie. I do think it's a little messier than that, strictly on those regards. I do understand your point because I think that that movie is, especially compared to those other two Batman movies, pretty messy. It's you know what mess. I mean? Yeah. It's real long. It goes all these different directions. It's less of a patchwork. They yes. were dealing with less of a reaction. Right. The yes. only thing they really had to deal with was that their Joker was dead. So right. they had to you know, give us a, a Bane. But yeah. Talk about characters that do things that make no sense. It's everybody in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, and I, I love that movie. Yeah, but you know, you pick, you tell me which one I'm gonna watch. Yeah, I'm always gonna go with Batman versus Superman over that. At any I don't moment. Know. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I like the Batman scenes in this enough because mm. that is the only reason I would ever rewatch this movie. I, I, I well, I want to rewatch it. I guess to like sort of give it another once over with all the like context of seeing it and that kind of stuff, and see if I like it any better. But right now, the the way I feel about it is like I would rewatch it to rewatch the Batman stuff, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, comparing it to Dark Knight Rises, I think the highs in this movie are higher, and uh-huh. the lows are much lower. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would but say overall, that. I think I enjoy those highs better. Like I like the roller coaster ride that this movie is because it's either going to have me it's going to have me laughing with it or at it often enough where like, I'm going to pull that through line and, mm-hmm. and it has the momentum of just sheer, like we're going to barrel ahead <laughs> and get through all of this plot, no matter what it takes, Yeah, you know? And when the movie does go big and it pays off, it's, it's magic. Like when wonder woman shows up, like a moment that was in trailers and I'd probably seen 20 times before sitting in the theater. I still was like, wow, that was fucking yeah. awesome. Theater cheered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh, the theater. And I think it has a lot to do with her score. The segment her, of the score oh, yeah. is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are mixed. Up. You didn't like the final battle scene. I hated that. I final thought it battle. was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah it was pretty great. I, was I, it was one of the ugliest things I think I've seen in a movie in recent memory. It looked to me like the splash pages I've seen in Superman comics. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt to me like mythic beasts fighting, and that yeah. worked for me. Yeah, and just the moment of, of Superman bringing Doomsday to space, and then he gets hit with a nuke, a nuke, and then he dies and comes back before he dies again. Like it's just Did he look balls to kind the of bizarro to you when yeah, he came he back? Was very, I think like, that's where they're going. In. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's very like it again. It goes big, and I think it pays off because I've never seen that before. Yeah, you know, I'm sometimes I might hope to never see it again because yeah. this movie kind of has it. But um, I really think that just that ending battle for the sheer amount of crazy, but that. that what works has nothing to do with Doomsday. Yeah, it felt too crazy to me. I felt like I didn't really follow most of that battle. It, it was very messily shot and edited. It was mostly those big yellow explosions that looked like nothing. It like I just I didn't like the way they fought either. It felt like I was watching somebody play Final Fantasy. Everybody picked one attack, did it on their own, came back, and then somebody else went out and did their attack and came back, and then somebody else went out and did their attack. It just like was not... It didn't look cinematic to uh, me. See, the two moments that worked for me, like real big, were when... Uh, 
I almost wanted to call her Lois because I was thinking of the word lasso. When Wonder <laughs> Woman has the lasso around that Doomsday, was cool. That was like awesome. All three of them yep. are going at once. When I close my eyes, I can picture that clear as day, and I love that. But there was this awesome moment. It was Wonder Woman's like big moment. Doomsday like knocks her on her ass, yep. and you're like, oh, shit, that's got to hurt. And she gets up and has this look that's just like, Pfft. Yeah, <laughs> is that how we're gonna do it? Okay, yeah. and that was awesome. That said everything. It's about got that, her that kung I fu movie, like wiping the blood from your chin after you get punched. With no blood, right. yeah, like, right. It looked to us like she got rocked and she got up and was like, "Did a bug just land on yeah, me? What yeah. was that shit?" Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I agree. I thought that there, there, and throughout the whole movie, that is the case. It's like even within scenes that I didn't like, there are these little things that are great. These yeah. images that are really, really cool. Um, but I, I did that battle was I just thought so ugly. Uh, the, but the, the thing that it's I thought so was weird, the, I found it to be beautiful. Oh god, I hated it. I hated it so much. I was like so actively mad at it. The but the thing that I really disliked, by the way, that surprised me that I disliked it so much was the fucking Batmobile chase. That I thought I was disliked. one of the ugliest car chases I have ever seen in a movie. It like didn't even cut together in a way that made sense to me. It just mm. was like these just almost like smash cuts over and over again to just different angles of cars. It felt... Yeah. There was no geography to it. It felt, yeah, it felt uh, claustrophobic. Yeah. It actually kind of reminded me of the Batmobile chase in The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Where it just, yeah. I couldn't tell what was going yeah. on. And I don't like this Batmobile. The, the design on it is ugly, I think. I couldn't draw it for you. Yeah. Because yeah. I never got really a good There's look There's no at shape it. to it. Uh. It's very amorphous. But I, I do like that it is sl- it's more traditional than the Tumblr. Um, yeah. But I really think that scene felt to me like Zack Snyder trying to do Chris Nolan, and that's why it didn't work. Because oh, interesting. he needs to figure out how to do a Zack Snyder car chase. Yeah. And this was not that. No. There were mo- again. There was he's ever done a car like, chase before, has he? There's not. definitely not a car chase in 300. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> think so. Ch- well, but, I, mean, that I guess would be uh, Dawn of the Dead has that the, big uh, truck thing, but it's not much of a chase. Yeah, and then yeah. Watchmen has the big ship thing, but it doesn't uh, really. Yeah, it just kind of yeah. hovers mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always, to compare it to the, to the Dark Knight chase, I was, you know, I'm just taking shots for comparative sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was another one, though, where I couldn't tell what was going on, and it was just, oh, this is a director that doesn't know car chases yet. And seeing both of them learn is frustrating. But yeah. No, and I think you're right. I never thought about that. That was him trying to trying do a very to do Nolan. Nolan-esque That's interesting. Thing. Yeah. I didn't it. like that at all. Yeah. And it was a cool scene. Yeah. But it didn't work. That also has one of those like silly things in it that is like very nitpicky. That I'm not like crazy to nitpick, but is oh, does feel weird. It felt weird to me in the moment where Superman stops Batman in the middle of the chase, and it's like. It, it felt weird to me in the moment because I was like, wait a second. So both the heroes of this movie just stopped chasing the bad guys? They're just going to go get away with the thing that they're... Why did Superman stop Batman from because getting Superman the bad didn't know guys? That, he didn't even know what kryptonite was until he was exposed but he was, to it. But he saw... Uh, I, I assu- I, I'm making an assumption. I'm assuming because he's Superman and has the hearing and the vision and the things mm. that they've shown us he has, knows that there are missiles being like flown about in this car chase that's literally about to pass right in front of his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think Superman... My Superman, not the Superman of this movie, clearly would do would at least be concerned that that was happening and not I just stop. Con- yeah, I mean, it's that bugs me. I think it's consistent with the Superman of this movie. I agree with in that. In that, he just saw Batman going after thugs and was like, he's going after those poor people again with his fucking bat privileges. <laughs> poor people with their machine <laughs> yeah, guns yeah. that are shooting at his tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, that was that that was his criticism from from day one. Yeah. So whereas it doesn't make sense here. It it fits at least in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not defending the scene because yeah. it's it. It just yeah. feels weird. I, and I, I would agree. That's the only thing I would nitpick from like a plot perspective. Yeah. Because the other stuff really isn't worth nitpicking. Right. But that was the only thing where I was like, that just feels like a weird choice. And like, unless the case is lead lined, like he could look in there and be like, oh, that's there's something going on 
someone in there yeah. that's going to be mm-hmm. bad for somebody, yeah. whether or not it's me. That was that was my problem. Was it lead-lined? I mean, they didn't say. Could it be argued that it was? No, right, that Lex could. Luthor knew, but and I think once that, again, it's not on the page. That's right. the thing. Yeah. That's one of the problems with this movie is I, almost, I, I and I wonder, maybe he did that intentionally because this movie does feel like it was very much made for comic book fans. Mm. It oh, does yeah. not feel broad. It feels like it was made for fans. Yep. Uh, and I do wonder if maybe he almost intentionally left some things on the table to just like let yeah. comp because comic book fans do that well, right they can fill too, in the blanks yeah. he really know? wanted superman to stand still while the batmobile <laughs> yes. wrecks around yes. him i yes. think that was really the point you're right yeah, yeah. exactly and then that's a great shot yeah. yeah that and the great shot of uh lex luther finding the batarang in uh-huh. the empty case like i was like oh well how do we get these two moments and right. like that's how yeah yeah but again like it doesn't serve a purpose other than like getting from point a to point b exactly yeah it's 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 leading you to these sort of tableaus he really wants to have in his movie and i loved that one shot that starts off that sequence of Batman on top of the crane yeah. with the thing, which is funny because there's another sequence that doesn't exist of Batman getting up there yeah, and right, no one seeing right. him. Is yeah. He's just, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, yeah. all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like on his phone waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, also, I also really like that scene as like a, you know, because that was an early like screenshot of like Batman holding the sniper mm-hmm. rifle and it's just shooting like tracker darts. And yeah, I was yeah. like, that's such a great like F yep. you to the people who are pre-judging oh, yeah. judging this movie based on like, Oh, Batman has a gun. Mm-hmm. Like that's not Batman. I feel like any Batman fan would have known it was not a gun anyway, because that's very much directly from Dark Knight Returns. As you see him with the rifle in the beginning, and then right. it turns out the rifle is does not have deadly bullets in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, people will give Batman a huge benefit of the doubt, but not the same for Zack Snyder. So. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, I had a similar. My only other nitpick is similar, and it's with the uh, the the bomb in the wheelchair in that in that scene because mm-hmm. it feel it, to me it feels like. Just Superman entering that room. Again, I could, as a comic book fan, do some things to fill in the blanks of somehow a bomb was designed that makes no noise, has no smell, is not visible, is blah, blah, blah. But it's like with all the powers of Superman that he has been illustrated to have in these movies, it feels bizarre that something like that happens without him knowing it's going to happen. I'd be cool with that, once again, if this was Man of of Steel 2, where... uh, that bomb goes off, and now we have a tortured Superman who's like, I should have caught that. Right. I right. could have done something about that. If he feels that, any kind of way about it. And right. then in this movie, it should have been played as, did Superman cause that? Right. right. And they undercut that immediately There's afterwards. There's a news report. With yep. the news report, and it felt like they they abandoned the whole idea of the frame job. It, and right. You know, it, it right there would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And. I think my biggest problem with that scene, though, is that I don't think a U.S. senator with like seemingly years of experience would be that unnerved by a jar of piss. <laughs> like, uh, like to me, that already broke the scene because it was like flagging to me, like, hey, yeah. something's up. Yeah. Whereas, like, as shocking as that moment still is, I would argue, like, yeah. it's kind of undercut by this like ratcheting of tension and mm-hmm. like Lex Luthor's chair is empty and like all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I kind of liked the pee thing just because, it, to me, it signaled she was like, oh man, that guy who I just kind of dismissed as just some rich punk he he beat me here mm-hmm. he's more powerful than i you know it's once again into the power themes he's more powerful than me so something's up you know and i liked the piss thing because that was like that was crazy to me that yeah, that was yeah. in this movie I, that was one of the big bold choices that i was like i this is weird and could be one of the easily laughable things about this movie but is kind of interesting i like that lex Luthor is this kind of evil you know what i mean yeah i mean to be fair i just didn't like her react her yes. being unnerved yeah, by yeah, it yeah. yeah but like yeah this looks you're right it's a tell right and this lex Luthor is very joker-esque in that sense where yeah. he is like i'm just gonna mess with you mm-hmm. to get what i want i mean and, he, like i'm gonna put push candy in your mouth for no reason yep. 
which I love. He literally uses like what appears to be Joker handwriting to torment Batman. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was actually probably purposeful because in this world, Joker's handwriting was all over the Mm -hmm. Robin suit. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done his homework. We don't see him do his homework, but he's done it. He knows how to create a beast out of a a ship on the ground. Well, and he knows all the rules of how to build. That's another one of those unspoken weird things. Is like, well, wait a second. So if he's torturing Bruce Wayne with these things that he's mailing to Bruce Wayne. So has he known that Bruce Wayne is Batman all along? I guess. Yeah, right. probably. probably. I guess, right? And he just doesn't give a shit. Right. And and does that mean he's known Clark is Superman all along? I'm, I'm, it's like one of those weird things where it's like, I don't I care. I does. I don't care. Yeah. Even that scene doesn't... in all the trailers where he mm-hmm. sees both of them. Right. He's... He kind of plays it like, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, finally, these two guys meet. Yeah. Hmm. It, and, and I don't care that the movie doesn't tell me whether he knew those things or how he knows those things, but it does feel like another weird missed opportunity in the movie where it's like, that feels like a thing that would be nice for me to just like actually know. It would certainly solve the problems of his motivation right. if he was yeah. that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although w- the one thing about Batman Returns that we talked about that we didn't talk about in the actual episode was how nobody in that movie could see through a mask. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. It, and even when uh, the one line where uh, Michael Keaton pulls the mask off, he's like, "Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed as Batman?" <laughs> <laughs> like, you, really? Yeah. yeah. Are you that? And like even. That one scene with him and Selena Kyle like dancing together, and they're just telling each other their secret yeah. identity, and it's like you think they both know. You think but they're then when they find out, they're like, "Wait a minute, you? No, oh wow, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> so, so funny, crazy. yeah. So you know I, I, that trade off exactly is, the, the uh, give and take of that is uh, yeah, yeah. I um I don't know. This movie was fucking. I. They, it, you know what I keep telling people is you should see it to be part of the conversation. Absolutely, which yeah. I think is is great. Well, that's been my problem is that all these people want to be a part of the goddamn conversation, but they don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah, do the homework, bitches. Yeah, yeah. do the fucking homework. It's, worst comes to worst, it's fun. Yeah, like, I mean, it really... I, I I did have a good time with it. Like I said, I actually would rewatch this before I'd rewatch Man of Steel again. Uh, even though ultimately, the, this is the fun thing is I think we talked about this on our Man of Steel episode, Dan. Uh, you were like, I don't know, man. I feel like the sequel to this could like justify a lot of things yeah, that yeah, happen yeah. in yep. the end that will in retrospect make us go man man of steel was great uh this movie definitely makes me think man of steel is great not but for not that reason that way, yeah. <laughs> no uh it, because again man of steel is just a well-told story comparatively to this mess of a movie i, yeah. I am moved by man of steel I this i was just entertained by yes i mean for a two and a half hour movie i was never bored for a second no i agree Absolutely. with that so that's you know that. i never checked my watch Mm-mm. i was never upset by anything no. you know but and there's there, there are a lot of finale. problems <laughs> but uh see even that that when i left the theater i was buzzing so high on that finale that i was just uh, that was awesome for me and for me that's the biggest difference between this and man of steel is like when i left man of steel i was like exhausted and sweaty and tired really with this i was like yeah i just want like let's do justice league right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) see i i man of steel just always it gets me on a character level i was i was tearing up when he was trying to beat the world destroyer when Uh i was watching this a couple weeks ago and i couldn't and it's because i cared about superman so damn much and I could give a fuck about Superman, <laughs> and uh, but you know, so it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, in the, but then vice versa in in uh, Batman v Superman, I could give a shit about Superman. Yeah. He was garbage. Yeah. But you know, so the question is, are they ever going to explain how Clark Kent is back from the dead now that we've seen his obituary? I was thinking about that actually just yeah. today. I sort of realized that like, wait a second, they showed us two funerals, which means the world thinks Clark Kent is dead. Right. So when Superman comes back, 
does that how do they how does Clark Kent come back or does he or is that a reveal of his identity to the world and that'll right. be a story maybe they line. go Iron Man with it right and yeah. they just become one and the same or maybe I still think they're gonna do something with Bizarro when yeah he, he looked too much like Bizarro after he got blown up by the nuke mm-hmm. to uh, and actually that's honestly what I was thinking was gonna happen with this movie from day one was that Doomsday would be like in the first reel and they dispatch it as a you know just a, a red herring and then we get. You know, Zod would have been morphed into into Bizarro by Lex Luthor. That made sense to me. Yeah, but I, he just looked too much like it. So there's going to be something there. I read an um, interesting. I, I read an interesting article, and I, I are you a big comic book fan, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, I I used to read comics, and I, I don't read them that regularly anymore. Somebody said there's a Superman storyline where the idea is somebody murders Lois, and it drives Superman mad, mm, and yeah. it becomes a Justice League story where the Justice League's villain is Superman. Yeah, and I'm curious if that's actually what they might build towards, since they already have kind of an angry, vengeful Superman on their hands that has now been killed. I, I, I'm curious if that's where they, they drive it. Yeah, that's the plot line of that like Mortal Kombat-esque DC character game, oh. and then they adapted the video game into the into okay. its own comics. In Justice God Among Us. Yeah. Okay, that's what I it is. I have the tap version of that on my iPad. Yeah. I play it all the time. Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I'm curious if that's, as, uh, what they're, if, the, if that's what they'll drive to. Because I, I said this to you, Dan. I, I, I am... I understand that obviously the ending of this is 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 meant to just be sort of it's almost like this movie was an amalgamation of the Dark Knight Returns and uh, um, uh, the Death of Superman, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how you get to this ending. But there is part of me that's curious, and Slater actually said something recently that sort of confirms this a little bit, not quite, but uh, it almost feels like the end of this movie is Snyder almost apologizing for Man of Steel, like almost being like, okay, you're right. Let me just let me just try it. Let's do a different take Let's on reset. starting the whole DC yeah. universe. Let's just reset. Uh, I don't think that's quite what it is, but it has that feeling to me in a weird way. Well, they do earn Batman's turnaround to having hope again. 100%. Um, I do like that at the end of that, Batman goes, you know what? What he, what he stood for... In Man of Steel, not yeah, this, not movie. this movie. <laughs> what he stood for in Man of Steel. I went to see that movie. You all is hated. what I what I used to stand for, yeah. and what I lost. And seeing this, I found my way. Yeah. Now, whether what happened in the movie earned that, uh, it's muddy. But I do buy but that justification I for buy the Justice that, League. That yep. idea for Batman to yeah. soften a little bit. Yeah. And I, and when he says that moment where he's like, "We need to we need to get these people together mm-hmm. because there's bigger threats. It's oh, yeah. not just about my legacy. Yep. It's not just, and you know, this guy was on to something, mm-hmm. and that's that I thought was was a cool way to use Superman's death. I agree, actually. Yeah. Especially because, I got to say, the Death of Superman comic book sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't like it's it. Pre- it's pretty silly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what made me think of it is that in that, Clark is just missing in the in the whole, like, doomsday attack. So they kind of left that back door. And yeah. this, they were like, nope, Clark's dead. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, he, here's his obituary. And I, I think there's a lot of ways that they can go with this. I don't know that all of them are worth it going there. Like, right. You know, I really hope we don't get like an evil Superman coming back for mm-hmm. Justice League Part One. I really just want to focus on like, all right, let's get the team together, get like some kind of enough of a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like Round One of Dark Side, where he's just mm-hmm. sending in a bunch of minions and mm-hmm. we're taking them out. You know, but I do like the idea of Batman being the one pulling the league together because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when you think about his powers, like Superman doesn't necessarily need the Justice League the mm-hmm. same way that Batman does, and you know, Batman having that sense of loneliness, which mm-hmm. traditionally is not a Superman trait, even though it is in these movies, mm-hmm. like he. Does does tend to pull together these like you know, surrogate families. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also, you know, the only one without superpowers. So mm. truly he needs the Justice League mm-hmm. if he is to have this war on 
crime that is now apparent to him beyond just his city. It's it's literally universal. It's it's galactal. It's you know mm-hmm. I, is that a word? <laughs> uh, uh, it it uh, you know I he ne- he needs a group of superpowered people mm-hmm. around him. Yep. He would have no way to truly fight those threats without them. Uh, so that is, that is fascinating. And I like the idea of him starting the Justice League because to me that's a great setup to do the Tower of Babel storyline if they yes. ever decide to do it. Mm-hmm. That is the story where uh, it turns out Batman has collected data on all of oh, his yeah, friends. It's the yep. Doom storyline. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. they use the it in Justice yeah. League Doom. Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, yeah, uh, to me, him starting the Justice League mm-hmm. is a great way to not even have to do too much premise work to say we get to Tower of Babel. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, and to that, I like in this movie that Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne are foils. And like, we don't quite like... They, oh, they I like that, yeah. together as like being, you know, they're both regular guys with lots of money mm-hmm. trying to do what they think is the right thing mm-hmm. and being in opposition to Superman. It doesn't quite pull it off as, you know, again, as deep as it should, but right. I like that that's there and yeah, that will inform the other thing. Um, whatever comes later. The only thing I dislike about the, like, you know, uh, showing the Flash and Aquaman is mm-hmm. they basically do the cyborg origin I know. in this movie. And I'm like, he's the one that most people have no idea who yeah. he is. So, like, that actually needs its own, its own movie. Film, yeah. It, yeah. Might, it might get one. I mean, you know, it would be they undercut it by showing that, but right, yeah. it could still potentially happen. Yeah, and I, yeah. And, and I think they should because, you you know, a scene like that is like, okay, great, so that's how the guy becomes a robot guy, but mm. uh, hopefully as an audience we care, like, why and how and right. what that means for him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he he will work. I can I can tell you he will definitively work better as a character in the Justice League for audiences if they know that about him. Absolutely. You know? It uh, seems like they're going about it backwards. I mean, this is just an assumption. I'd be willing to bet that it's going to be Justice League movies and then solo prequels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'd I'd be willing to bet that Suicide Squad happens prior to Batman versus Superman. Uh oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I think that it could. I did you hear about the the reshoots the reshoots they're doing for those? By the way, it, it's pretty interesting. So they supposedly the trailer has every funny moment in the entire movie, mm. uh, oh. and when it got the response of like, yeah, this is what we want, and then Batman v Superman got the response of like, why are you so dark? Why are you so dour? They just greenlit like one of the most expensive reshoots in the history of Hollywood mm-hmm. to try and add more humor to it so that it can be a little more what the trailer sells it as and a little more in a response to BVS being so they tacked on bit... like 50 Will Smith. Right. Oh, hell exactly. no. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious what it means, but I, 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 to me, that is actually in a way a good sign that uh, Warner Brothers is looking at it and going... Reshoots a bad rap. Yeah. Reshoots uh, does not oh, always mean... I don't even mean that. They fucked up. I mean it's know? a good sign that Warner Brothers cares, right? Yeah, that, right. That, that they're seeing the reaction here and they're like, okay, I hope that they don't go out of their way to temper it because I feel like that's how we got to BVS in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But I, I I, like that they care and they're like, okay, our, we, we get it. That's what people are responding to. Let's My see if we can massage this. every David Ayer movie is that it's... I mean, I, and I, I generally like him, but most of them I'm like, all right, cheer up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, get a, give me a little something. Yeah. Like, Lots of dudes uh, crying. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really muscly dudes getting sad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What was that one movie with Schwarzenegger he did? Oh, um, uh, Sabotage. Sabotage. That's not a great movie. It's a lot of fun, uh-huh. um, but it's very, very just like grimy. And then the very last scene is classic vintage Arnold, and he's having a blast. <laughs> and you're like, this whole movie should have been this. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I think that uh, Ayer's capable. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I'm excited for that movie. That yeah, yeah, yeah me too. too. And I, I think I actually think it's a good sign that Warner Brothers cares enough to be like, all right, that's what people are responding to. Let's see if we can achieve that. You yeah, know? And, it, and it's borne out in the opening of this movie responding to the criticism of Man of Steel. Yes. So I think they do have that in mind of saying yeah. like, all right, what are the themes of the feedback and really actually taking that into account. Right. Uh, see what the, they do the, with it. The thing right. is, the hope is that, because here's the problem with that is I don't know that fans know what they want. We talked about oh, this. Definitely. I, I think <laughs> a lot of the lead up reaction to this movie is more in of fans not knowing what the fuck they want out of mm-hmm. these characters or right. these movies. Uh, I, I think even our conversation here, like at least from my side of it, I think it's kind of reflective of that. I don't know that I exactly know what I want from these characters mm-hmm. as cinematic interpretations. I can take what you right. give me and tell, tell you what I like and dislike, right. but exactly. I couldn't tell you what I need. Right. right. I do think that it's... it's uh, I, I have confidence. I, I just like the idea that there is a tonal variety already. Yes. Man of Steel has a completely different tone than Batman yes. versus Superman. And if Suicide Squad's a different tone, that's great. Now, Marvel, overall, all of their movies are just, they're generally better because they have strong character work. Yep. But tonally, there is very little variance. Mm-hmm. And I think as we reach towards the superhero bubble bursting, one of the things that's going to thicken that bubble is tonal variety. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you we're we're going to reach a point. I mean, with with Ant Man, Marvel is I know trying a to lot of people, and I right. liked Ant Man yeah. well enough. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't what it could have been and should have been. But a lot of people didn't see it just because they were like, eh, you know, I've, yeah. I, see, I, I seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. and Marvel is trying to take the angle of let's throw a different genre on mm-hmm. the tone. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's going to get to a point pretty quickly where the genre isn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to actually vary the tone a little bit. Well, right. they're no longer really doing solo movies, right? Civil War is is Avengers. It's straight right? up an Avengers, movie. and Civil War Two is Avengers Four. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get Iron Man Four. We're not going to get mm-hmm. the Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you want to eat it. But Anter Man, we're not going to get those. Like they they Even set the it up Ant-Man right by sequel. bringing their franchises together. Yeah, but now it's just just big burst movies every Even the Ant-Man which... sequel they announced is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not even just a solo Ant-Man movie. It's yeah. straight up in the title a team movie. But on the other hand, we're getting Doctor Strange. We're getting Black That's Panther. True. So I'm yes. excited to see, dig into more parts Me of too. that universe because yeah. I think they have the like, let's call it like the New York yes. area of yes. their universe really like fleshed out and it's kind of all working together. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see other pieces other parts of how that, that world. together. Yeah, because yeah. if, if they're going to build to Inhumans and things like that as they've talked about, mm-hmm. you need to have a more sort of global perspective on what that Marvel universe is, I think. And that's why I keep sticking with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Even as much as it's kind of... I don't hate it. I, I just... Know, I know. Lately, I'm just like, yep, spin them wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> spin yeah, them yeah, pretty yeah. wheels with those lasers <laughs> and zaps. I'm into it. <laughs> But, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, though. I, I, I'm only three episodes deep into Daredevil. Yeah. I'm going to say it. It's the best thing Marvel's done. Yeah. At least post-MCU. I said that about the first season. It's a great. lot of people aren't even crazy about that first season, but I love that I mean, first it ain't season. no Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I love me some Spider-Man 2, but... Uh, it's it's wonderful yeah. stuff. I, I got to throw in for still Winter Soldier and mm. Jessica Jones. I, Winter Soldier to is me those usually three, the two high points. Yeah, I really liked Winter Soldier a lot. That's a my lot. go-to as far as the movies. That's yeah. the best thing because I think that Winter Soldier. I think all the Marvel movies are good Marvel movies. I think the Winter Soldier is just a great movie. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think that is the one they've made that actually stands tall above the genre that they're making their movies in. It exists in. outside of the... And actually, that's that for that same reason is why I'm always the one defending Iron Man 3 is that mm-hmm. the big criticism for that is, eh, it doesn't further the world. My big love for that is like, eh, it doesn't even further the world. It's just yeah. a great little Iron Man yep. adventure. Agreed. And Civil War has both, really. Yeah. It yeah. furthers the world, but... Like I, my dad doesn't watch any of these movies. If he watched, uh, uh, not Civil War. If he watched a uh, Winter Winter Shoulder, <laughs> if he watched the Winter Shoulder, he would he would it would exist by itself just fine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
I agree. Yeah, if you're uh, at Comic Con and you see people in a Winter Soldier thing, ask them about their Winter Shoulder and how they made it, and watch them like squirm and get kind of angry. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Play dumb <laughs> and just talk about the Winter Shoulder. Yeah. Like, how'd you make? What'd you make your your Winter Shoulder out of? <laughs> like, uh, it's aluminum. Yeah, I made it out of aluminum, and it's uh, like, oh, cool. That is always a fun. I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have more BVS thoughts? Do 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 or do you guys have more you want to jump into? Well, the one thing that that I I opened my review with that I think is is a uh, valid point is that DC will always be operating with its back against the wall mm-hmm. because it's a lose lose. Um, if they do something Marvel-like, it's too Marvel-like. What are you doing? Do your own thing. If they do their own thing, it's like, what's wrong with you? You should be following the Marvel model. Mm-hmm. It works. That that sucks. Mm-hmm. And I think in that lens, Batman vs. Superman is a huge success because it very loudly to me says, no, 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 no. We're doing what we want to do in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Yeah. I think that's a noble thing. The experiment wasn't a complete success, but when we look... When all this superhero thing is over and we look at both maps of their films, they are not going to be very similar. No, yeah, I agree with that. The plan is different. I'm very curious to see whether this turns out to be like the Burton Batman or the Schumacher Batman and Robin Mm -hmm. in retrospect. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. is it going to feel like a big bloated disaster like it did when I saw it in the theater, like Batman and Robin can feel? Or is it going to feel like a very charming mess, like mm. like Tim Burton's Batman does to me when I when I watch it now? And you know? another thing too, even things like that Batmobile scene. Yeah, I wonder if watching that on my phone is just going to look better. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> watching it in IMAX. I've seen that like great movies where I watch it in IMAX and I'm like, God damn it! I I can't. I love this. IMAX, but yeah. it's okay. Ugh. And uh, I, I I'd love to revisit the the Born Supremacy on my phone. Yeah. I hated that movie because I could barely tell what was happening uh-huh. at any point. And it's probably a great movie, but I uh, can skip that one. Watch Ultimatum. That's the Ultimatum. one. I've seen yeah. Ultimatum. That's yeah. probably my. I know, actually, the first one's probably my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I just wonder if if at home this movie's going to soften with time, mm-hmm. with a different format, mm-hmm. and with the fact that you're not trapped for two and a half hours, right. you can pick it up and watch it like a trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Yep. You mm-hmm. can issue it, and you know. That's not necessarily defending the movie because it should work in one sitting, right. but I'm willing to bet that the good things about it will start to come to the surface mm-hmm. when you can when you're not beholden to watching the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and and sitting and looking at it right now, I mean, you know, I would put this on before I would put on most of the Batman movies and probably most of the Superman movies. Hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I think in that regard of like, you know, if I'm gonna like just chill out after getting home from work and like just popping something in and just like really not even like turning my brain off because I hate that expression but really mm-hmm. just kind of like letting the movie do what it wants to do and not yeah. try to force it into some sort of like you know narrative that makes sense with mm-hmm. characters that have motivations <laughs> like it's actually a lot of it, like it is just a lot of fun the, the imagery carries it and mm-hmm. the momentum carries mm-hmm. it and I think it's successful in that measure mm-hmm. um, and I'm curious to see where where everything goes I'm actually the coming out of it I'm most excited for Wonder Woman yes I would mm-hmm. agree with that yeah 100%. we didn't even talk about her that much I thought she was well ju- she was really an extended cameo she but is. it was a yeah. good one yeah. but my favorite uh, honestly one of my favorite things in this movie is the party scene uh I loved the detective stuff that was going on there. I loved the flirty stuff mm-hmm. that uh, Bruce and Diana are kind of doing with each other. They have some, or I guess it was after the party when they meet at the museum or whatever. They have that little sort of flirty back and forth. Yeah. I thought their chemistry was great. I really enjoyed her. I enjoyed the way her and Ben Affleck played off of each other. I'm like very excited to see her I Wonder think one Woman one of the movie. cool things about that scene is that he is just, 
trying to get some, mm-hmm. and she's very clearly just ten steps ahead of him. Oh yeah, yeah. And to see Batman as a sharp detective mm-hmm. still being weakened by his mm-hmm. baser instincts is very interesting and funny, and it just makes her that much stronger of a character, Agreed. even as an extended cameo. So yeah. cool. Yeah, and I really hope they play off the way the Justice League cartoon ended up, where it kind of paired up Batman and Wonder Woman a lot, yeah. and they kind mm-hmm. of had like a romantic thing going mm-hmm. on, because I think that's just a really interesting pairing on so many levels. I agree. And I hope that there's really high-quality footage of her sitting in the invisible jet, so it's just <laughs> Gal Gadot sitting in a sitting position and flying through the sky. We need that. Yes. Zack Snyder can speed ramp that and just... Her hair blowing as she's just sitting in the in the sky. Can you imagine that with how like crisp all the images were in this? Just her crisply <laughs> in the clouds. That's it. But it's just sitting nothing. like totally yes. in like yeah. like toilet yep. position. You know the way it was in the Super <laughs> Friends yep. cartoons right. where she's just do, 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 do. That'd be great. Oh, that's so funny. I wanted to pull up actually your review, Ryan, on uh, on Letterboxd here because there was a quote that you had that really really stuck with me that I thought was cool. Um, and it goes in it, sort of hand-in-hand hand what I was saying about comparing to Marvel. And uh, you said, Snyder and the folks at DC are making their films about superheroes as a pantheon, as opposed to Marvel's outcasts with powers mode of storytelling. This film is all about iconography. It's far from perfect, but it embraces the power these characters hold as cultural symbols. It's opera as opposed to a character-driven story. I think oh, in terms good. of, of like that. yeah, that was, that was all you. <laughs> in terms of playing it like a big operatic melodrama, that that certainly softens a lot of the the problems that that it has for me. Yeah, and in it kind of going along that too. In addition to the like Wonder Woman theme music, the other track from the soundtrack I've been listening to a lot is the uh, Red Capes are coming because mm-hmm. it has that very big like operatic kind of like mode to it. And mm. I'm like, this is what the the level this movie is operating on. It actually also reminds me a lot of, and this is very random, but the. Uh, Michael Fassbender, Steve Jobs movie, mm. where again, like it, it's not about the character motivations; it's about like how these different facets play off each other when you push them all together. Mm-hmm. I I I like loved that movie. Yeah, me too. too. Yeah. Loved it. That scene where it was th- like three separate time periods yes. yep. of him and uh, uh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, yes. And each time period, there was a different power dynamic between them, just intertwined. Yeah, that was just Sorkin just coming all over the page and just yeah. <laughs> nailing it. Yeah, it was so good. Steve Jobs, everybody. Wish, Check it out. <laughs> I wish this movie uh, made me feel that way. It's a, It doesn't always make me feel that way, but I think it's definitely what they were going for was big operatic melodrama. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely agree with yeah. that. They, I, melodrama I, I can... is a very slippery slope, mm-hmm. and it's even more difficult when your guys are wearing robot bat suits. Yeah. But uh, even the scene of like, Martha, that's his mom's name. Yeah. When you play it as telenovela, as, right. mm-hmm. as you know... Uh, was what like, was that dun, movie dun, last dun, year? Like Phoenix. Yeah. Did you see Phoenix? I didn't. Yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix is melodrama done perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh that of course that is a much better movie than this and but that really gave me a taste for delicious melodrama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this has moments of it and it gets too hammy. That's why it's such a slippery slope. It's a thin line of mm-hmm. too hammy or too real and it nails it in a couple moments but I think that's what they're going for. I could see that. I can definitely see that that seems to be the uh, the direction they had tried to steer uh, the ship. Even comic books, you know, when you go back in the day, melodrama was a big thing. Um, I always say the soap operas for boys. Just, yep. Well, and because because of the format, you had to have like, can't break these chains. You yeah. know, it's like, 
you have to say it, which yeah. I would love to see a superhero movie do that. Yeah. Like yeah. really old timey stuff, but yep. with a modern sensibility would be great. But, that would be cool. You know, but that there is, you know, we, we, we often forget that these are cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really and, wish Justice League was just a big budget cartoon, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and even in the source material, they've been written by so many people over so many, like these two characters mm. are 75 years old. Yeah. Like there's room for so oh, many different interpretations. Million interpretations. And I'm just glad that they're at least going for one that's interesting mm-hmm. and has something to say, whether it says it well, I right. don't think, but right. you know, at least it's going for it. Yeah. They, they definitely have sort of stuck their necks out to do something big and interesting and with like a lot of money. It's oh, like yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. What they like, if you really think about specifically what this movie is, I don't know that I've ever seen a movie that this much money was put into that is this like bold in its decisions because it's not just making weird decisions, it's making them with characters that we all have very specific, strong feelings about. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like it is a pretty crazy thing what this movie actually is that it was kind of even made at all in the way that it was made, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it, it, it seems Almost bizarre to me that some that I think that it's uh, fun to watch money on the screen sometimes. <laughs> oh no, even no, no. As simple as that, you know. I, I, I'm not even criticizing. I'm not even criticizing for it. It's fascinating to me that Warner Brothers was like, "Yes, here have more money than we do, we've ever given someone to make a movie and do your weird fucking thing with it." That's mm-hmm. crazy. It's interesting, you know. Yeah. It also brings up an interesting thing we should touch upon about ownership of these characters. Right. Um, one of the things that I always was always my cheapest but most fun defense of Man of Steel is when people would be like, Superman wouldn't do that. <laughs> and I'd be like, Superman did do that. So he would. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't own him. And the people who did said that he did that. And I watched him do it. And you yeah. watched him do it. Superman would do that because he did. But that also, you know, that that was a cheap response. I would always do it because it pissed people off. It was yeah, fun for yeah. me. But there's also where does the cultural ownership of mm-hmm. a 75-year-old character begin and yeah. end? Yep. And we've seen a huge push and pull surrounding this movie mm-hmm. based on that. And I, I don't even really have an answer. But I think the conversation about that is finally tangible mm-hmm. as a result of Batman versus Superman, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Because yeah. like, to me, like I loved the Nolan Batman movies all around. I don't like that Batman. He's not the Batman that right. I totally agree. bought. But it's not my Batman. Right. But he's not not Batman. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't ready to get mad at it because it was a good Batman. It just wasn't the kind I prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was a point where I had to let go and say, this is Batman, but it's... I mean, we do it with Bond every couple of years, oh, yeah. you know, oh, where yeah. it's just... It's, you just got to go with the flow with and take it. And... Of all, you know, like you said, this is probably the closest to the Batman of the the bulk of my comic book history has mm-hmm. ever been on screen. Is it my favorite? Nah, it goes to Keaton, but it's probably the closest. So where is that that line? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I, I think a big failure like this probably helps, if anything, helps more clearly define what these characters mean to us. Absolutely. We right? wouldn't have the Nolan Batman without the Clooney Batman. Right. Right. You know, that that was without a doubt we watched the the castle crumble and then we rebuilt it. If yep. we don't rub up against this Superman and say, I don't know, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think I like this take on Superman it we might never get a take on Superman that works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we don't rub up against it and kind of I did. Right. But <laughs> I know you want to rub against it. <laughs> I want to rub all over it. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I, I think feel you know, I think the idea that uh the there seems to be a large reaction to like I don't like this Superman 
is only help more clearly. It's only helping more clearly define then what Superman means to us. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that's the only way we have to tell his stories. It doesn't mean that's the only interpretation we ever have to give of him. But it is more clearly defining what he means to Absolutely. us. Well, right. it puts the idea out there. I mean, like you said. Now, after Batman versus Superman, the Big Blue Boy Scout could work, right? Right. You know, like we might that might have killed the cynic. We might have exhausted our cynicism right. over this, or we might just be living in a world right now that would prefer the version of Super. Right? Could I don't know that for sure, mm, but right. due to living in a world that itself has just become a nihilistic, cynical place, maybe we want the Big Blue Boy Scout to be a shining beacon of what humanity can be in the midst of that. Yeah, and I think the time component is really important. Like, it, it breaks my heart that we only got one Brandon Routh Superman movie, mm-hmm. and I really I agree. think that if that had come out in, like, three years earlier, where we were still in that, like, very post-9-11 mm-hmm. world, because I think by... I think it was 2006 it yes. came out. It had already worn off, and we mm-hmm. were already back to being cynical. And mm-hmm. I think if it had like kind of striked while the iron was more was hot around that, it would have spoke to people more, and mm-hmm. we would have gotten more of that. And so then we get Man of Steel as a reaction to that. So it's right. you know it's a conversation with ourselves over time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes these heroes really interesting, especially the, on the DC side, because again, yes. like they they live to get reinterpreted over and over again, whereas the Marvel characters are much more consistent in their characterization. DC is truly mythic. Mm-hmm. Their, their characters are gods, almost all of them. They, yep. are, they are truly myths. They are mythic characters that are being told as myths. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Marvel has always been a little bit more about the science fiction-y side as opposed well, like to the... Like you said, Outcasts with Power. Yeah. Now, X-Men was, was really, when it first came out was a statement was on diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Yep. And that still lasts to this day. I mean, I I don't think there's a single cinematic Marvel hero that I can't find some way to identify with. Right, right. Whereas Superman, for years, I've struggled to identify mm-hmm. with, which is probably why Man of Steel worked for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because they do. They kind Batman, of turn him into an outcast. That's exactly. kind of the idea of it. Right. Yeah. And, and Batman, we can identify with him on a physical level because he's human, mm-hmm. but you know, we're never going to be that rich, that angry, or that powerful. <laughs> and right. it's... It is a myth. It's mm-hmm. it's much more of a myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are and and I think that that is why there is a strong reaction when they're not the Superman we know or the Batman we know because these are the 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 reason we're calling them myths is kind of the one of the ideas of myths is to be a representation of something, a representation of specific facets of us, things that like the the best and the brightest of this thing, the best and the brightest of that thing, the the absolute pinnacle of this singular idea. Superman represents the pinnacle of this idea, and Batman is the pinnacle of that idea. They are godlike mythic creatures almost. And I think that's where that's why audiences will react so harshly to something that mm-hmm. doesn't feel like oh, yeah. that, you know. Right. We almost literally look up to them. Right. Yeah. They're not our they're not our buddies. They're 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 our heroes. Right. And, and that, so to yep. see a movie like this that kind of abandons the hero conceit, mm-hmm. I can see how that's upsetting. Right. Right. I would love to get a drink with Tony Stark, but if I'm in trouble, I want to call Superman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great fucking way to illustrate well, we that. Were, we were talking about uh, this before. We were just riffing on this in, in my apartment. Uh, watching something like The Avengers was being... It, it felt like playing with action figures and, and smashing them together in yeah. the sandbox. Yep. Watching Batman versus Superman was watching someone else do that and wishing you could play with those toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and while it's still cool... Mm-hmm. I want to play with them. Yeah, <laughs> it feels distant in yeah. some way, right? Yeah. It, it feels like there is a distance between this movie and its audience, and I can't mm. explain that because I do think that well, it's necessary they, in a way because of the myth making, but it's true. also 
there is a middle ground that we just haven't figured out how to hit. Well, and it's weird because it it does legitimately feel like they they were trying to make something that we could connect with that mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. wouldn't have so much distance from. In fact, it, it, you, you know, even the way Snyder... without being too broad though, right? That's the thing, and that's the right. line, yeah. right? Yep. It, you know, like there are all these shots where Snyder is trying to show us this just with Superman, right? All these shots of of people in a low position mm-hmm. looking at a godlike figure above them. He is showing us what these characters really look like to us and mm-hmm. mean to us. But he's also having him scowl while he does it and never actually rescue the people off the roof of the building. Right. So he's like, he is showing us like how they appear to us, the, 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 the myth that they actually are to us, the power they truly have over us that we've never really seen depicted like that on the screen before. But he's also like a little bit, at least as far as what we seem to want, I think, as an audience from these characters, missing something there too. He's, he is creating a distance there, whether he realizes it or not, by having Superman scowl when he saves people as opposed to ha- take pleasure in saving people. Mm, by yeah. having Superman not... By us not being to actually see him rescue the people as opposed to just show us the power he has over them mm. and then cut away, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, it, it it's interesting, to, uh, but it's it's strange. I think it works against us a little. There's there's an instant... There's a line that, that says everything about that, and there's an instant fix to it that, that I... Oh, I wish the scene went a little longer. It's when... Uh, Martha Kent, how did I almost forget? <laughs> when, when Martha Kent says, you don't owe this world anything. Yeah. Uh, that's a weird moment. Yeah. And it would have been fixed if Clark was like, I owe them everything. Yeah. And then went off. It yeah. would have been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's him learning something and growing exactly. from the Superman we've been yeah. watching. When it undercuts the idea at the at the very end of Man of Steel, a, a line that I always loved was when the guy said, How do you how do we know that you are working in our interests? And he said, I was raised in Kansas. I'm as American as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that because it made you know, it made me go, you know, I I know this guy. Right, right. He has laser eyes, but I know him. Yes. Yeah. Um but for this moment, for her to be like, you don't owe them anything, and for him to just go with it is weird. It's strange. Because it made sense for her to just be like, hey, calm. Like in the first movie mm-hmm. when he was having all the powers, and she's like, make the world small. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to make her baby feel better. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for him not to say, you know, mom, I, I owe this world everything right. because I am a citizen of it. Mm-hmm. And instead, just posturing above it yeah. didn't work. Right. And right. it took away what I loved it about It almost that. feels like he hasn't become his own man yet. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it feels like... Superman needs to he needs to become his own man in order for him to be <laughs> effective in any way. I mean, maybe yeah. that's why he dies at the end of this movie because he's not. Well, I don't know. Yeah, and this movie also brings back my actual least favorite part of Man of Steel, which is um, Kevin Costner's Jonathan Kent because mm-hmm. I just do not like that interpretation of the character. Oh, of, I agree with you so much. Of, you know, having Superman hide who mm-hmm. he is basically, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing that back was really disappointing because I wanted the Superman to say, yeah, based on everything I've learned, like I owe this world so much because mm-hmm. you know I'm a part of it and I. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm an important part of it. You know, I actually just watched uh, the original 1978 Superman yes. mm-hmm. last night, and that podcast is like, yeah, like yeah, when uh, Clark like runs home after the football game just to beat those guys and be like, yeah, I ran here, like no big deal. Um, and he's like, oh, you're showing off, and you know, you're not here to score touchdowns. Like you're here to do something greater. And yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah. the Superman feeling that like almost like calling to be great. Right. That's true. I I say I like the Kevin Costner one because. To put it in the real world, I like the idea of like, I- I'm afraid of my own son in mm-hmm. some type of way. I know he's destined for something, but I don't know what. And frankly, I'm not touching it with a 10 foot pole. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can definitely see why that's an issue with with it uh, feels... fans of Pac Kent. Yeah, but to to your point, yeah, there 
this Superman feels at least now in Batman versus Superman feels more burdened by the powers as opposed to yeah. blessed yeah. and and I thought Man of Steel captured the idea that he felt like I have them I should use them for good but I I just don't understand it yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, it, at this point, it, it just feels like more of a burden than than ever a, a blessing. That's what's. You know, I think yeah. that's Weird. the weirdest thing about it is that it seems like his heroism in this is a burden for him. Mm-hmm. And although I get the inclination to do that with the character because that does feel human, right? That feels very human to me. That knowing I can help people fucking means I have to. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I, I feel that that can feel like a burden. There's but, some other hero I'm thinking of that kind of has a mantra around responsibility and power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but it's like he, for as much as it is a good thing, part of the theme of Superman and in these movies, and I like this theme about him in these movies, is that he is more human than we realize. Like He's as much a part of Earth uh, as any of us. He is also an alien mm-hmm. that is also more capable than any of us ever will be. And I... Uh, I like the idea I I guess I respond more to the idea that he makes his own decision to wield that power for good because he wants to and can and because he is a citizen of the world as opposed to fuck I ha- I have to. Yeah. Right. I, I I That's why we needed a man of steel too. Right. Yep. Cuz to have, We need him well, to learn that. In yeah. Batman versus Superman we have a Superman that's been in place for a while. Yeah. But I have no feel or sense as to what that means Mm-mm. besides what I've been told it it potentially right. means. Right. And, and everybody a man feel- of steel 2 would have hopefully just at least shown us a Superman that now no cuz first day on the job was man of steel. And then we have 2 years into the mm-hmm. job or whatever. Mhm. I, I want wanna, something in there. I want to watch him and the world wrestle with who is he and what does he mean. Mm-hmm. I want to watch both the mm-hmm. world and him wrestle collectively together against each other with each other in those ideas. If you're going to start me with Man of Steel, get me there. Get me to the place where I can watch. Because this one even feels like I'm not watching the world struggle with him. I, I am, but I don't understand what they're struggling it's with. There, I don't, yeah. We don't get a voice of the people. I, I, and I don't know. I don't understand what they're struggling with precisely, right? Because I don't exactly know what's going on with him. Right. Is he going out and saving things? Well, it kind of looks like it, but I, uh, people seem to be mad about some of them, and I don't understand why. And then other things, it seems like there are these big disasters that happen right in front of him under his nose. He's not doing anything about them. It, it was so conflicted and convoluted about his, literally what he was doing in the world and what he was doing for the world that I never had a good, clear grasp on how the world was then reacting to him mm-hmm. or why they were reacting to him in those ways. It didn't feel like a world with Superman in right. it. Right. We didn't get to see that yet. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's somewhere between these two movies that's lost. Right, yeah. Man of Steel 2. It's, uh, and, and I want it so bad. Uh, yeah. And, and I know I'm not going to get it. Yep. It, uh, I actually, you know what? Because <laughs> what sucks now is like, I, I liked Batman vs. Superman well enough, but it, it hurt Man of Steel for me mm-hmm. because I know that's where it's going right. rather than where I hoped it was going. And I think Man of Steel works very good alone. Mm-hmm. And I almost just prefer it that way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's yeah. not that way anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed I haven't been wearing the hoodie. I'm a, I'm a little stung <laughs> because I, I, I'm not going to get my soups. M- movies m- might never be that way again, or at least on this scale. You know, like it seems like, or at least for a little while, we are moving mm-hmm. into this territory of big interconnected universes. It's going to crumble. It will. And I, 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 I like hope anything, it does. I think yeah. it will implode upon itself at yep. some point. Um, it has to. It, yeah. it just, you know, the, like this is the cynic, the cynic in me. 
I, I, I almost want it to just happen sooner rather than mm-hmm. later because I, I think it's great what they're doing. I mean, yeah. the fact that we're going to have an, an Infinity War that's sitting on top of just a pile of excellent <laughs> movies yeah, is so yeah. cool. That's crazy. But I miss when it was just like, oh, cool, they're doing a Spider-Man yeah. movie. The end. Yep. Yeah, I miss that. But, Me too. Yeah. Cool. Cool, <laughs> you guys. Real cool. Real cool. Uh, you want to wind it down? Yeah, I think sure. we can wind it down. Yeah. I'm, I'm, honestly, I am like culturally talked out. I, I know. Like, yeah. Done. I'm I've been over having it. all these conversations all week long, and yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I, uh, if anything, this movie is extremely worthwhile because of that. It's an interesting cultural item. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's huge. We, think, we are, I would say, three nerds of varying levels and degrees, right? That have that have different uh, uh, um, affinities for different sort of uh, corners of nerd culture and things like that. That means we all, I guess, have a little, you could say, like cred within this realm of trying to interpret 100%. something mm-hmm. like this, right? Yep. Think about how varied our reactions have been about this and the kinds of really interesting conversations it led us to, not just about like the world and, th- and, and even the business and what this movie means for the, the business and the DC thing and all that, but just these characters, what it means for these characters and what these characters mean to us and mm-hmm. how this interpretation of them brings out all of these conversations about, well, what does Batman mean to me? Like, how does Superman fit into my world? Like, what do I think about I think these the characters? the most human thing on the planet is storytelling. Yeah. Yep. Um, we this movie since, did it since we could, yeah, right? <laughs> well it had some story showing um it was uh or, or like you story know, pieces yeah story pieces it was a uh, it was a uh, it guys, was like a mad libs yeah. sort of, did you, you guys get the latest dc scrapbook yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially yeah it was you know when you would get those issues where it was just like 10 pages of cool artwork yeah, yeah. they just like had someone like quick put some speech bubbles in there yeah. it'll be we'll, we'll, we'll film it it was like a yearly one shot right yeah, yeah. just yeah. recap dc for the year it was a you know, storytelling is is an old thing, and and it tells us about each other. It mm-hmm. tells us about the state of the world. And even though this movie is weak on the story thing, functionally it did all of those things. We mm-hmm. we 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 got to talk about the business. We got to talk about ownership of character. We just got to talk about story structure yeah. and and what it all means. And I think I I learned it fueled my cynicism a little bit because I I found I was surrounded by people unwilling to be open minded about something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the opposite also happened too, where people were like, "I hate it. I, I'm going to hate this." And there's definitely people out there that went, "Oh, you know that was that was cool." I have and, a feeling... talked about the role of the critic in yeah. both business, cultural opinion, mm-hmm. and in function of a movie being made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this is good or bad, mess or not. This is a dense object of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, and and that only came about because of literally all the things you just talked about: previous critical response to other things, the business model that they're working within, a business model they're trying to compete with, like all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, as a cultural artifact, this is ten times more interesting than Age of Ultron, even though mm. Age of Ultron may be a better movie or not. Agreed. But you know, this has so much to pull apart, and you know, the fact that these characters still mean so much to people mm-hmm. people who have never picked up a comic book in their life mm-hmm. still have a reaction to these characters because mm-hmm. they're so embedded just in they our are american DNA. icons yeah yeah oh but batman will be in a movie at least at least twice a decade long after i'm dead oh yeah mm-hmm. it, it, we love him yep and that's awesome <laughs> I, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. like the greatest thing you know that, i love that yeah it is the coolest fucking thing yeah these are, uh, you know, these are our sports stars. You know what I mean? These mm-hmm. are for 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 people like me that grew up not capable of doing a sport. <laughs> the, you know, these are my these are tr- my heroes. I don't I don't have them in real life because I, I 
don't have anything in real life that I feel like I could aspire to or accomplish. So in that world, I got these fantasy characters that can illustrate those things for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's why they become so, it becomes such a touchy subject for people too. You know, I think that fuels a lot of that big reaction it got. And personally, I feel like I learn more about storytelling and about iconography and about all these things when it doesn't quite work. Because then I have to ask myself, why isn't it working? We have to have these conversations. You know, like coming out of Avengers, I was like, that was just fucking awesome and I need to go see it again right now yeah. and just bathe in they it. it. <laughs> they did it. That gave me That's how worked. I felt after yeah. Ultron. I was yeah. like, awesome, they did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whereas this, I was like, wait, what about it? And there's so many disparate pieces to pull from. Yeah, yeah. So. It's like, uh, like uh, an Avengers movie is just like a good come where it's just like, <laughs> That was that was just what I needed, mm. but like a uh, uh, BVS is like a uh, one of those like, why did I just come to that? Oh yeah. God, how, how do I feel about me now? It's a steak versus a buffet. Or, <laughs> that's you know, a nicer way to put it. Yeah, I would say like after a steak, I'm like, hmm, that was some art right there. Yeah. After a buffet, I'm like, I am full. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm, mm, that was some bad murder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I, glad I'm, we wrapped that it. up on a cum metaphor. Let's do next episode, whatever it is we do. I don't think we've decided yet. No, nope. let's do something fucking artsy fartsy. Oh, I love shit. it. Yes, yes. Let's, yes. let's get fucking pretentious. Get your art hats on, yeah, dicks. Yeah, put art hats on your dicks. That's yep. what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what Dan and I call condoms, art hats, art uh, hats, because they contain the art that we don't want to put into the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Is I, anyone following me anymore? At this I would say that every every cum load is a little mini Jackson Pollock <laughs> painting waiting to happen on the canvas of life. And your dick is the paintbrush. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what is painting but an extension of just whipping your dick around to create life? <laughs> Thank you for walking down this path with me, boys. I really got lost in a, a joke I didn't want to continue telling. I'm glad everybody jumped on board. You're sitting at a table with with dudes who do comedy, read comic books and all that, and you're going to bring in a dick and come yeah. metaphor and expect yeah. us not to jump in yes. no matter what? Yeah, come exactly. on. It's not come a on. show. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Let's plug some things, right? Let's plug Let's some plug stuff. Some um, I mean, guess first and foremost, the Cinadelphia Film Festival starts yes. April 7th. On April 20th, Movie Movie Live will be a part of that. We are rehashing, if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. We are rehashing the 420 uh, thing because we didn't consider the date during uh-huh. the previous one. That's okay. And uh, so we're going to do it again. Brand new content. And, uh, Better yes. content, if I may say. And actually, our flyers are Zack Snyder themed. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you'll be seeing that, that very shortly. Yep. But uh, you definitely want to check that out. That'll be at 7.30 on April 20th and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at I like to movie with the number two you can follow me on Twitter and various different platforms at Dan Scully and you can log on to cinadelphia.com as well as cinadelphiafilmfestival.com yeah go ahead Ryan uh, yeah you can uh, read my some of my thoughts on cinadelphia.com you can follow me across Twitter letterbox at silver whatever um, and uh, yeah we're looking forward to all the fun Philadelphia Film Festival stuff that's happening this month yeah mm-hmm. for people listening awesome. that is Silber with a B not with a V yes uh, and uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia that's with an F uh, show is on uh, I love that you plugged the show for once I think that might be the first time that, that happened yeah. by the way uh, I felt good about it I yeah, was just, yeah, I'm, it was I'm rolling yeah. I'm feeling good uh, we're also on facebook.com slash I like to movie with the number two uh, you can find me on letterboxd uh, slash Philadelphia with an F as well uh, I review everything I watch there uh uh, and uh, what else? Anything else to plug? I don't think so. You can come see my open mic on Tuesdays at Medusa Lounge in Center City, Philly. Um, and 
I think that's it. Any recommendations? Anybody seen anything recently they want to throw out? I was floored by a movie recently. Yeah, tell um, me. It's on Mubi, um, if anyone's a subscriber to Mubi, but uh, Which we so recommend. it'll be there for a little while. It's awesome. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's one of the best. It's like the best $5 I spend every month. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you can find it uh, uh, elsewhere, but Possession. It's from 1981. Sam Neill. Uh, I forget what the what the actress's name is. And she puts in like the best performance I've ever seen by anybody. <laughs> it's unreal. Uh, Possession is a movie you should read nothing about it. It's an artsy-fartsy horror thriller erotic drama kind of thing. And it it... It blew my mind to the point that I was watching it before bed, and when it ended, I was like, oh, I'm going to start that over again to fall asleep to, because it was just so... It, it's it's this perfect mixture of, of like, Haneke, Cronenberg, and... Uh, oh, I don't know. It's just... It's, uh, it's wild. I really want to so see good. it. And, and it's one of those that I imagine a lot of folks might watch it and and be weirded out by it or kept at a distance from it but i i it it grabbed me in a big slimy clammy hug that i didn't want to be in but i couldn't pry out of it, Ooh, it was I awesome like yeah i gotta awesome. see this got anything for us ryan uh yeah i actually have a book recommendation uh Ooh. right now i'm reading investigating lois lane oh. uh, by uh tim hanley it just came out at the beginning of march cool um it's a really interesting history of the character and look at superman through lois lane but really kind of taking all through the comic errors all the interpretations from like the you know fleischer cartoons yeah. all the way throughout the present day so it's good stuff that's awesome what's it called again uh investigating lois lane we'll look that up yeah yes. i like that that's awesome uh i watched uh the tom cruise movie oblivion from like 2013 the other night uh and it while it's not a great movie it's pretty fucking cool it's one of the best designed science fiction movies i've seen in a long time the designs are so the opening 30 minutes of this movie are going to make you think you are about to watch the best fucking movie you've ever seen (laughs) it's not i promise you that now so don't get your expectations that high i did as i was watching because i was like how did no one see this is that why i never heard about it because just no one saw it because this is amazing and then it's not amazing but it's Quite good. I, I definitely recommend it. It, it well, is the same director as the uh, Tron, Tron sequel. Yeah. So yeah. Joseph Kaczynski. It's it's going to yeah. be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think people should see it. I don't think enough people saw it. Yeah. And the uh, score by M eighty three is pretty good too. Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, That's yeah. right. I, I actually. I don't do this often. I sat through the credits until they named who did the score because I wanted to know so bad. It was that good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like that movie quite a bit. Does Tom Cruise ever get frustrated and just go? <laughs> Does he do that? Uh, That's my favorite Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to spoil it for you because it happens in maybe the coolest way. Like you should, you should I do plan to watch it. I always wanted to watch see it. it. You yeah. should see it because it's got a, a a moment where that happens in a way that is like, uh you'll you'll be like, this is the best. It's cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tell me there's a flaming stuntman. No, no, Please no, no, tell no, no, no. Oh, that's my favorite. Wouldn't it be amazing if it was a flaming stuntman doing an impression of Cruise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm on fire. Yeah. I just... You. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Tom Cruise. That's your micro-impression. <laughs> yeah. That's there like a big thing on Twitter now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's sign this thing off. I'm I'm sure you know how to do this, Ryan. If you don't, you'll you'll pick it up as we go. My name <laughs> you, is Garrett you Smith. You look so determined. Like, oh, he was fucking like, oh, do it. I mean, I got this. I'm ready. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Ryan Silverstein, and I also like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because, because we, we like, like to movie. movie.